Do 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 Switch Mania Playcast. Welcome to episode seven of the Switch Mania Playcast. Hello. And today we're joined by a special guest for the beginning part, at least. Yes, we have Mrs. JP. Say hi. Da 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 da. I am Mrs. JP. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> well, now I see where you get your rhythm from. Exactly. <laughs> And before we started recording, just so everybody in the audience is aware, we were trying to do an intervention for JP, and we came to <laughs> yeah. unanim- unanimous decision that he's a lost cause. Just so everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Down the we rabbit tried. hole. We tried. <laughs> lost cause. Um, <laughs> so basically, let's do what we do every episode and start with what we've been up to and the feedback from the last week with our E3 extravaganza. Sure. As we say, as always, under an hour, JP. Under an hour. That's our tagline. <laughs> Lord, three and a half hour one. <laughs> so, yeah, so we have we had much feedback. I know I've seen a lot on different comments. I mean, we got into a giant discussion on Breath of the Wild 2 at work and how it's going to be about time travel. And oh. the different tribes that haven't been talked to about yet in the Zelda lore that they could dive into, and the reintroduction of dungeons, and that went for a long, much longer time than I expected, which was nice. Mm-hmm. But um, oh yeah, I, I'm I'm waiting for that. Like I said last week, I'm waiting for that Zelda sequel direct that you know is going to come at some point, and they will just start unveiling a lot of information for the first time, mm-hmm. because this was, you know, this was the not even a tease. This was like the tease of a tease. And I'm just ready to just see so much more about it. I just think it's crazy that fans have went so far as to decipher all the you know, Hillian text that was on a cave wall, which is, you know, the video game language made up for the Zelda universe. And they mm-hmm. deciphered it all and talked about, like, what it all means and that wow. kind of stuff. Like, the dedication of the fan base just blows me away. Well, that's what's interesting. That's what's... uh impressive now about social media and technology is that it's so much quicker to to decipher things because you have such a bigger community to work with now as opposed to trying to do it on your own and just looking up online now you have forums you have groups just dedicated to these kind of things and then you start talking and bouncing back ideas and and it it makes things come out a lot quicker that's sometimes how leaks come out that's how new theories come out but yeah i mean you, you could just show a screenshot of, of the sequel and people would have been dissecting that like crazy. Well, exactly. And it was a pretty awesome... That was probably my favorite part of E3, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, did we have any actual comments or any new comments on that? I know I've seen uh, a few. Yeah, um, yeah pretty much um, I, I saw people mentioning that they were listening to our E3 episode, which was good. And then um, you saw just in general about on, on our Facebook group uh, people were talking about the the epi- or the episode and also just our show in general. But I would say just E3 in, in like as a whole, a lot of people really are just now talking about all the games available for pre-order. And we may go into that a little bit later, but obviously the Zelda Link's Awakening European Collector Edition is, is probably the biggest topic I've I've been seeing over E3 right now. And that wasn't even in our presentation. That came out right after it, but still during E3 week. Oh, so yeah. that's been... That, I mean, that's, and we, that's, I think we have like two weeks of releases to talk about, so we'll we'll definitely cover that. And yeah, we did have quite a few 
um, people talking about enjoying, and like randomly in discussions that weren't like a, a, po- a post from us talking about enjoying. And we, we appreciate everybody with the kind words. And as we mentioned every week, you know, the ratings on Apple Podcasts, since they changed it from iTunes, the ratings on Apple Podcasts help us when people search for Nintendo Switch and things like that will pop up in search engines. So everything is appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And you're right. On the, on the Nintendo Switch physical collectors group, one person had just asked um, about interesting video game podcast that you would recommend and you know he mentioned like oh i listened to this one this one switch mania playcast and then a few people started commenting going oh i listen to switch mania playcast also and it was really cool because you know not you don't always get to talk to everybody but to hear that you know they're taking time out of their day or they're they're using our show to fill up their day or make it more enjoyable you know it's a nice feeling that that they're listening to what we have to say and i just hope that continues where they interact with us and and we can just share more of what they want to hear. I would say, though, you know, y'all got to stop that. You're going to give JP a big head. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> no, no, my head is tiny. <laughs> hey, I'm looking at the picture right now, and it's just, your head's big. No. <laughs> Bill a caricature. Nah, it's... <laughs> this is JP who would say I don't have a big ego. Yeah, nah. barely fit through the door with that head. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, goes through sideways. <laughs> And the last time she's on the show, folks. Bye. (laughs) Man, he's (laughs) cold-blooded. So let's go through and introduce the game of the week. Since we mentioned it last week, we are flip-flopping the script, and we're going to cover the Playcast game of the week first. Yes. So, So that way, those of you that came for that can listen. And find out what's next on the docket before we start digging into the the collector part that we enjoy as well. Um, And I'm excited to know because we always alternate, so I don't know what you're going to pick until you say it on the air. And every week I'm just getting more excited because we're kind of just jumping through different genres and and just the stories and whatnot. So, yeah, I can't wait to – I don't want to rush through us talking about this game, but I really can't wait to hear what you're picking for next week. I think you're trying to rush Mrs. JP out. I don't know. That's no. Yes. No. <laughs> I'm always... Oh, Not never. All the time. Oh, boy. I just make you too nervous. <laughs> Making him nervous. I can I can hear the sweat. Hear it. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> it's going to be like a loose cannon. You don't know what she's going to say. It's great. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's Chris will unveil. Hmm. <laughs> tell all of his secrets on air. Okay. <laughs> So um, let's lay the wallpaper with the game um, for Old Man's Journey, uh, released in 2018-2019 on the Switch, uh, mm-hmm. but it's originally an iOS and Android game, developed and published by Broken Rules back in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an adventure video game that takes things in a much different way um heavy on touch controls originally uh and basically your goal is to guide this old man from through each screen by manipulating the terrain on each screen to create a path and they there's unique things you have to do as you progress through the game going in Mm -hmm. vehicles boats and all sorts of stuff um, in order to get him through the game. 
So, um, first of all, let's go with how much were we able to play. So sure. Very uh, short game. Um, yep. So, uh, <laughs> how far were you all able to go through? <laughs> we were only able to complete it. <laughs> Myself, as well. Myself as yeah, well. Myself as well. Very proud. Yes. Yeah. Definitely able to, to get through this game. Um, so, I always write, um, as I play each game each week, I write down little bullet points, mm-hmm. and mine kind of open up, and I have some polarizing crazy decisions and crazy points and mm. soapboxes to go on. Um, oh, so, oh, yeah. Now I'm intimidating. So, so the, the good part <laughs> is the visuals. The oh, yeah. visuals in this game are outstanding. It's like a... Oh, okay. It's like a visual novel when you're playing with like amazing backgrounds and relaxing music. So what, what do y'all think about it from a visual perspective? Oh, oh, completely agree. From the very I loved it. Yeah, yeah, from the first scene, I felt like you're watching this animated indie movie. I mean, that's kind of how I you saw me- it. Yeah, you mentioned at the beginning you were like, it's kind of like Up, but a video game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, and, and I've seen people compare it to that. Um, not, I mean, obviously there's there's no kid, and yeah. or is there? I don't know. We're gonna find out. Crazy giant bird. Right, exactly. <laughs> Doug. <laughs> but no, I I mean, the first thing I think of is like, wow, I'm I'm playing a movie. Yeah. And the and whole it's not just game, you know simple graphics like yeah. The whole game, the story is told with no text, no vocals. It's all through the emotion and the pictures that you see. Right. Which I think is is really prolific, um, and it it could be hard to do a lot of times. I mean, because you have to guide the player the right way. You want them to envision how you created this game and what your what the takeaway should be from this game. And it can be challenging sometimes because you know it could be lost in translation. But I think I think they did a very good job with with like you said, no text, just the music, the ambiance, and the gameplay itself. Um, I mean, I. I really enjoyed that. And I think it also lended itself to like playing with someone else because you kind of got to see their take on it too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like explicitly one way or another. So yeah. I enjoyed that part of it. Yeah, this is the first time that I played a game in a long time with somebody else, like through completion. It's probably the first game you've beaten in a ever. long time. Ever. <laughs> wow. And, and it was fun because, you know, we'll get into the mechanics and whatnot, but I had Shanna play a good majority of it. So watching her take on on video games in general, even because you're not a gamer. No. I mean, no matter how many games I get, I can't find that right one for you to just sit yeah. down and play. But I think this was a, a good one for us, and I think you enjoyed it. Oh yeah, the pace was great. Yeah. <laughs> pace was great for me, so I didn't die all the time. Yes. So. That was nice. Well, exactly. JP finally didn't create a game or select a game that's going to be killing me every two seconds. Right. Yes. Even though last week I selected the game and it killed me every two seconds. So <laughs> I would say definitely now is a good time to talk about the gameplay. I mean, yeah. go ahead and jump through because as we mentioned, there's touch controls and you have to kind of, you know, create a path and figure out how to move forward. Yeah. So I would say. This game is probably best played handheld, just with the touch screen. But we played it with the Pro Controller, actually, the entire game, because we wanted to play it on the TV. Um, it was just easier for two people to play. So I would say with the Pro Controller, it was a little 
difficult at times because there's many things you could select on the screen to manipulate. And sometimes, I don't want to say you have to be uh, pinpoint precise, but it could be where just easily you're selecting the wrong thing and then you kind of just have to keep moving around until you highlight the right mountain or the right building or whatnot. So how to was me, I would... it when you were playing when you did the train section because you had like move the, the train tracks so the train would keep moving? How was that with the pro controllers? I used touch controls the whole time. That, that actually good. was the yeah, easiest part because it was very flat. It was mainly yeah. just one item you had to manipulate as opposed to when you're, you know, walking through a town or in the mountains and you have like seven, seven possible. They're in the background yeah. and the foreground and and and, and, and even after we finished, that, that's the level that we talk about the most is yeah. I absolutely loved the, the train, train level. <laughs> I mean, it was such beautiful surroundings it was very calm and you know at, at one point we just made a game within the game of can we keep the train moving without having it stop for us to manipulate the next track down yeah yet. <laughs> man yeah because i i thought it would be the exact opposite just playing it with the touch controls but then that makes sense though with all the different options for each individual screen and yeah i, I know my major the major thing that was polarizing or annoying for me when it came to the the control part was just those doggone sheep. Like, oh, wow. yes. We talked about that so much. I hated if there was one. I like playing with the sheep. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I was just like, get out of my way. Like, why can't I just walk around you? And it's just, oh my gosh. Yeah, the sheep was the bane of my Your existence nemesis. in that game. Your nemesis of old man journey. <laughs> exactly. It was just like, they would constantly just do their own thing and you basically yep. had to utilize the terrain in a different way so they would move out of your way, basically. And yeah, and it was only, there was only one part of the game. It was one of the later chapters. It was pretty much the last chapter that had the, the sheep in it and it had two flocks of sheep. It was the only time in the game... Did I say that wrong? It's not flocks of sheep? No, it is. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, it was the only time that I... <laughs> She's looking at me as I'm saying it. I'm like, it must be wrong. It's just funny how you're so seriously discussing these flocks of sheep. Oh, these flocks of sheep. <laughs> no, it was the only time in the game where I actually had to restart the level. Like, actually back out and go back in just because of how I moved them around. I just felt it would save me time to just leave completely, then try and get them back into the original position. But other than that, I mean, yeah, just those sheep, just those sheep. <laughs> so, so do you want to hear my my soapbox? Part, yes. Part for this game, so. Of course. So here's the thing. Spoilers for those listening. No. For plot points. Three, two, okay. one. Cover your ears. <laughs> As a father, there is no way in hell I can connect with this protagonist who's going to leave his entire family because I want to go sailing on a ship. Like, that's mm -hmm. literally what happens. And he leaves his entire family. And he's like, then he has regret. Of course he does. He left his family when he could have brought them along. Like, I thought true. I thought he was going to initially like, when he yeah. showed her the boat. And the best part is his daughter is so much smarter than him. So, you know, the end part is he goes because his wife, ex-wife probably, um, was, you know, sick and ill. So he went to go check on her. And that's where, mm -hmm. that was the, the touching part at the end. But his daughter's so much smarter because at the end they're on a ship together and she brings her kid too. And I'm like... Duh! Yep. <laughs> Bring your family with you, and you know, make your family part of your life. If you have a a, a 
you know, passion that you want to do, you bring your family in on it. Like, I mean, I'm a, a book publisher. My daughter's working on a book with me. Like, mm-hmm. she's literally, when I was working on my Super Nintendo book, she was playing Mario Paint next to me while I was working on the book, and I got pictures <laughs> of her in the book doing it. Like, as she grew awesome. up, because it took years, she's playing mm-hmm. Mario Paint the whole time. <laughs> like, like you, you incorporate your family. So when I saw that part, and I was like, all right, I'm disconnected from this character. He's an a-hole. <laughs> because, I, like, I, I can't connect with that as a father. I completely did not take it that way. And you're right. I mean, that's exactly what he did. And I did not look at him that way at all. Mm-hmm. I looked at him as just trying to reconnect. And... Um, not being like I'm a I'm a bad husband and father for being this selfish to leave, but more so like I connected with him at the later life of of, of his journey, essentially of just wanting to get back to them. Well, yeah, um, and that was the journey was the regret he had, um, yeah. you know, at, in his adulthood of abandoning his family for his his passions. And mm-hmm. like that to me, it's like I would have done the sacrifice of either bringing my family or waiting until I could bring my family. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that was just me. I was like, I'm like on a soapbox for that. I was like, nobody's talking about this online on any reviews or anything. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how does nobody see that? Like, ah, no, you're right. But I think it was more like the you saw him as the flawed character that he saw himself in the past that he was trying to fix. Yeah. So it's like yep. you were kind of feeling yeah you, you feel empathy towards yeah him. you feel more empathy towards him because he's this old man now not like the young man at the time making the decisions yeah and what's interesting is that you know i didn't know who wrote the letter i mean you don't really know until the end i mean you could probably piece together what's happening through the flashbacks and that's one thing i really liked is that end of each chapter you got you know one still of a flashback a moment of his life and you see it progressing but you don't know what's going on in the beginning. You don't know why he's setting out. And then little by little, you, you find out. And, you know, I, I I felt for the family. I mean, I felt bad, yeah. like you said. And I felt bad for him, too, because, you know, he obviously had a dream. This was his passion. You could tell he got the ship. He was he was mapping out his course. Like, this is something that probably was, you know, a lifelong um, fulfillment that he was trying to do. And, you know, he made a sacrifice for it. But you're right. It's like, why couldn't he he go maybe maybe they didn't want to and you know he just made that choice afterwards or maybe he said nope i want to do this all on my own well and i also also, back on life and your choices yeah and being like well everybody makes choices that you're not so fond of you know in the past Mm -hmm. so mm. well i think i drew like some parallels to myself with it too because i saw he's military when he met his Mm -hmm. his wife his daughter was about the same age as my daughter is right now when he left her. Yep. And, like, I have a military background, and I'm like, there's no way I would leave my daughter right now. She's like, yeah. you know what I mean? I was like, man, that's crazy. And then he waits till he's this old to remember yeah. that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he clearly never went back, I don't think. Man, Although, yeah. I have to imagine he, he kept in contact somehow because the daughter knew how to get a hold of him. So, so he definitely went back in the flashbacks. Like he went, yes, back, he went and back and everything was abandoned. But it was yeah. still he was still quite old by the time he did that. So I'm not sure if in between while he was sailing with that whole um, that whole uh, storm, you could mm-hmm. almost envision that he may have gotten stranded or something. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's true. And that That's could a good... be a thing, and then he just didn't 
find them again and had no way of getting in contact with them and then maybe his daughter located him through and that was you know how they he started on his journey like it's and and i also got to assume this is you know takes place before the days of the internet type deal so there wouldn't be any easy way to get a hold of him right yeah we know there's vehicles but we don't know necessarily about their technology (laughs) yeah so i just like to dig a little deeper because you know they may have a reason why he's so uh such a flawed character as well mm-hmm. so, i mean now we need young man's adventure the prequel oh. <laughs> as he sets sail and we get to go to all of his locations and you could or it could retcon. be that <laughs> it could be that the wife and daughter had this other situation that That's maybe true. he was innocent and then maybe they kind of moved on when he left or something mm-hmm. for whatever reason and then so who knows what happened? That's true. Could be anything. Yeah. We need more details. Yeah. We got to speak to the developer. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go into our recommendations for this game. So sure. let you go first, JP. And sure. So we, JP. I, yeah. So we we were talking about this because, you know, we know this question always comes up when we discuss our games, whether we want to recommend it or not. And, you know, I was torn because on one hand, playing it with Mrs. JP I think this is a great game for someone who's not necessarily a gamer. Yes. And I think you enjoyed it. I mean, we were talking about the game. We liked the visuals. It was a fun game that both of us could play. Hand back the controller. The problem is it's a short game. I mean, and you know what? I I was looking online to see how short it was. And people were saying, oh, I could beat it in 45 minutes to an hour. It took us about three hours. Um, Two reasons for that. One is... We would stop and kind of talk, and you know, we got stuck a little and bit also, on the puzzles. I, I like doing certain parts. Like, he would look away for a second, and I would be like, just going down the waterfalls over and over <laughs> again because it was just fun. <laughs> and I'd be wandering about with the sheep and stuff. Yeah. And you'd be like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Just click the mountain right there." <laughs> but I'm like, "But it's not as fun as going down the waterfalls." Yeah. <laughs> but the other part is the pro controller. I think slow this down too, um, with. The touchscreen, I think you could do it a lot faster because it's kind of you know, more easy to highlight the the environment that you want to manipulate as opposed to the Pro Control where you have to drag the mouse over. So so that definitely added the time. I would say it took me about an hour and a half, maybe yeah. two max. And I think probably would have taken us two and a half as opposed to three. But like she said, she likes to just go down waterfalls over and over <laughs> while I'm just sitting on the couch going, like, I need to beat this game. We only have a few days. Well, another appeal to it is that um, while we were playing, your parents walked in. Yes. And your dad got like captivated just by the story, just from the little part that we were playing. So it's it's definitely captivating to see. Yeah, it's in, for people who aren't gamers. Yeah, because it's funny, you know, he they came into the room and they're like, "Oh, what are you playing?" And we tried to explain it, and at first they kind of like laughed it off, like, "Okay, it's a cute little game." And then I just saw my dad standing for a good like 20, 25 yeah. minutes just watching us. Wow. And. Yeah, he really got engaged with it, and he's he's looking at the visuals, and you know he's commenting on how nice it looks, and we're explaining how the puzzle mechanics work. And in my mind, I'm like, this is a game I would play with him. I would have him play because it's not too difficult. It's very linear. I mean, you can you can solve each puzzle. Maybe it takes you a few tries on on, on a few of the levels because there's 15 levels in total. Some of them are a little bit longer than others, but yeah, I mean, it's not going to take you half a day even to beat this game a few hours so for anyone who doesn't normally play video games or wants to just you know experience a really nice story um i I would recommend it for that reason okay so i think if you're a a hardcore gamer 
Yeah, you may try this one, but I don't think there's any replayability afterwards on your own. But to introduce it to somebody, yeah, I would play it again and, and with somebody uh, so they could so they could enjoy it too. But I probably wouldn't go back to this game on my own. Okay, so um, with mine, it's a little different. I'd say this is a two-faceted answer. So, mm-hmm. first of all, this is a one-and-done play game. Once you play it, mm-hmm. really, once you experience it once, um, there's little to bring you back to play it again. Um, mm-hmm. Now, for my recommendation, I would say this is part of the issue that I see with Switch releases is some of these limited publishers are putting games that aren't necessarily full games or gigantic gaming experiences on cartridge for the sake of putting things on cartridge so i'm not sure if mm-hmm. they you know were able to get this license affordably or or how or the, it captivated them and they had experience kind of like you did and they're like i want mm-hmm. this on a cartridge but mm-hmm. to me it's not worth the physical price for sure like to me mm-hmm. um i don't even think it's worth the switch the current switch eShop price because it's ten dollars right now on, on eShop. however mm-hmm. If people want to experience it, it is available for $5 on iOS. And mm-hmm. so you can shoot that to a TV and play it on your screen with your touch screen on your phones and or connect a Bluetooth controller to it. And you can still experience the game with others um, for $5. I think that's a no-brainer for a, a couple hours of entertainment because that's almost like a movie at that point. Like, it's it's 5 bucks. Um mm-hmm. Even ten bucks is kind of like right. maybe we could you could do the ten dollars on the switch on um, the doing the switch tax on there, but for me like it this is not a physical must own uh, just because of the lack of replayability. Because once you play it once, it's mm-hmm. like all right, so now this goes on my shelf and I'm likely never gonna pick this up again until like maybe five ten years down the line when I completely forget about the story. Um, in fact that we're doing right. the podcast i'm not going to forget it now so it's already ingrained and be out there forever <laughs> but like if this was a game that and- i just experienced by myself as a gamer so to me i would recommend if you need to ex- if you really want to experience old man's journey try to get it for one of the more affordable ones wait for a sale in the switch eShop. those happen all the time um once this mm-hmm. goes down in price it's absolutely worth worth the journey for sure just from the visuals and the the actual experience it once it's worth it but it, i would mm-hmm. do it at the cheaper price point mm-hmm. and i will say i guess for those who may not know what you're referring to with the physical release um this is from red art games so yep. it's a french indie publisher or limited publisher and this was the first release that they did for the nintendo switch physically so it just came out last month it shipped to everybody it's still available on their website so if this was a game that sounds interesting or you do want to, you know, keepsake it forever. Uh, it is still available on their website. There's only 3,000 copies made, which is the minimum print run for Europe for Switch physical releases. It's 29.99 euros, and you can go to redartgames.com, pick it up today. That's how I played it. I bought it physically. I'm a collector, so I was going to get it anyway. You get everything. But I get everything. But you know what? This game, for me, I would play again with somebody else. I wouldn't play it on my own, but like I said, I would... I would use it as an introduction to just like a fun, fun co-op. It's funny, a fun co-op game, even though it's not really a co-op game. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, but, might be good to yeah. introduce young gamers into getting an analytical mind and figure out puzzle solving or something. I could see that aspect of it. Yeah. And, but I will, you know, I will say that at one point we were playing it and I said, why, why are we doing these puzzles so much? I feel like almost like I wish there was a movie mode where you could kind of just watch him. But then I guess it wouldn't take as long for him to just kind of walk up hill and <laughs> go on a train. Well, I mean, I mean, for maybe two in the game, but you know, sometimes I thought the puzzles were okay. It's like that's a lot to just get up up the hill. Um, I mean, we we are in a, a digital age, JP, and you can go to YouTube and watch a full playthrough of this game too. Like that I is can. out there, and I think it's still like an hour or so for like a speed run of this game. <laughs> Like, That's right. This is probably the game I could become a speedrunner <laughs> on. <laughs> hey, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> it's not my route. <laughs> so, um, so that was Old Man's Journey. Um, so now I could either tell yes. JP what the next game is or make him wait till <laughs> the very end. I'm not going to stay if you don't tell him. Although maybe everyone else will have to stay. No, no, you should tell us. We could be excited as we keep going through this podcast. Oh, wait, we need clues. Yes, oh, maybe give us three quick clues, and I'll see if I can guess the game. Um, let's see. Quick clues. Wait, so, I have one question. Yep. Can I play this game? Ah, that's a good question. Well, yes, you can <laughs> play it. That's a no. That's a no. No, you can absolutely play the game. Physically, you can You just won't get far. <laughs> J- J- JP has the game. That is your first clue. Oh, thank God. Uh-huh. High five. Don't spend money. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so I have the game, so we've limited it down to a couple hundred. What's um, next? Let's see. It was released in 2018. Okay. It has a red case. <laughs> There's red on the spine. Oh, it's, damn. It, is a, it is a physical game. So there is, that. is it a mass retail or limited physical game? It is not limited. Okay. Not limited. However, what? I didn't get it till much later. Okay, last clue. Give us, give us a little bit about the game. It is a multi-genre with a unique aspect not available in any game I've ever played. So it is, it's like a combination hmm. genres, and it's something I've never played until I played this game. And I think your wife would. I think it's really, really cool. All right, well, don't make us wait any longer because I'm never going to guess it. <laughs> so <laughs> the game that I'm choosing is Yoku's Island Express. Oh. So this game yeah. is a platformer because I love my platformers, but it is pinball. Mm-hmm. So you literally have your character that has a little, it's like a little, almost like a beetle guy like yep. type thing and he has a ball and you use the the world to manipulate the ball all around levels in an open world style it's really unique and cool yeah um, i'm excited Ooh, i'm intrigued yeah, yeah. This, this is a good this is a good game i i, I literally um because i don't buy every game and i don't i don't follow things like jb does and i saw this and i was like what is this so i just looked up a a quick video and I'm like oh my goodness like I because I love pinball I, I've had pinball machines in my house and I'm like oh awesome. this is ridiculous like I was like I absolutely need to buy this game and I think I just got it at the beginning of this year 
like maybe yeah. right before we started recording like because you would know that i picked it up now <laughs> yeah well it's interesting you know you mentioned um that a lot of people didn't know about this game until it actually got discontinued at GameStop and then they moved all of their new stock to used and I think it went to $20. Yep. But when it first came out, not a lot of people were talking about it. But then afterwards, when they started picking it up, I don't want to say everybody, but a good majority of people really liked the gameplay, the style of it. Um, it's one game that I've had sealed that we're going to be cracking open now and we'll try it out together if you want to. Sure. Awesome. Yeah, yeah that's a good choice. Yeah, it was. It's one of those where this is the kind of games that I want to choose, or the, like the the unique ones that I might not necessarily knock out. Like I wouldn't really play it. I I've done my classic as I open all my games. Probably played it less than an hour, and okay. I thought it was really cool. And then I'm like, all right, next games, or I got to go work on a book, or I go do this. And right. Never went back to it, and it's like, yep, I need to play this game again. And and then I was like looking at my games because I opened up my. My Nintendo Switch case with the, you know the one with the 3D printed um, foam inside, and I'm like, ooh, there's the game yep. I want to play. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> you know, I like that. You know, don't pick the typical game. So when I pick mine next week, I'm actually gonna have Shanna look through the shelves or the eShop, and I'm gonna have her pick out a game that just looks intriguing to her mm-hmm. because I know we'll get a a fresh fresh game that I probably would never pick. So we're going to be playing hopefully, horseback hopefully, racing. Hopefully next week you pick a game I actually have and I don't have to buy it. Because I definitely didn't I have Old Man's have. Journey. <laughs> I didn't have... <laughs> <laughs> well, no one had back in 1995 because that was digital only. Yeah. But you're right. I You have to kind of give me like one picture of all your games so, so the majority of the time I can make sure I pick one that you have already. And I definitely I don't didn't know. have my pick from last time either. So, no, I had to, yeah, I had to pick a whole up new world. Uh, a whole I didn't, new... I didn't have that one either. So that, but that was like I, mean, I, I wanted to games. write about it in the book. So that's where the yeah. other side is. But this one's definitely not in the first year. So I already broke my own rule from like a few. Weeks yeah, she now, did, which is fine because I've been wanting to play this game. Yeah, that's that's exactly why we do this. It's first, games that we want to play. First rule of the Switch Mania Playcast is <laughs> there are really no rules. <laughs> Make it up as under well. an hour, folks. <laughs> Well, we're at, um, we're under an hour for just this episode, just for the video game part, which is cool. Um, but now and we see, have to that's go into why the pickups. Game- <laughs> now we have All to right. go into the pickups, and I think your wife is going to give you dirty looks throughout this section. You know what? She won't, because there's only three so far that came in. You know how many I've had? <laughs> how many? Zero for the Switch. Um, I was about to say, this is like the slowest one I've had so far. And I'm probably gonna tie with you, but nope, you still, you no, still beat um, me. I did get a limited run games in the mail though. Okay, well those count. Uh, but it's not Switch. That doesn't count then. Yeah, we don't even want to hear about those games. They don't yeah. exist. I got in Sigil, was from Limited Run Games, which oh, is the, the, the PC John, one, right? The John Romero Doom Custom Doom Wad that he just released for free yep. in February. Well, they did this giant box and i'm a huge fan of doom um and he released this giant box like board game box material and it has a severed head of jean romero in it from the original doom um it has a a new cd album released by buckethead has like Mm -hmm. amazing artwork inside it's all the hr geiger style um evil artwork that's associated with doom it's just a really cool thing that limited run put out and it was a little pricey so not sure if i'm mm. going to 
um, like hold on to it or not. Um, because mm. typically when I get stuff like that, because uh, my cousin Kyle is also from VGBS, he's also a huge Doom fan, and it may be like a gift to him in the future or something too. Because we tend to do that for each other. We find something really cool and obscure, and then that goes. Oh, oh nice! Your Christmas gift for the year or something like that. <laughs> Never know. That's awesome. Um, or I may display it because it's really awesome. <laughs> yep. And we use that as a excuse this weekend to try to play some Brutal Doom, which Brutal Doom <laughs> is a brand new. It's not brand new, but it's taking the original Doom, overhauling the graphics, and playing it on modern PCs in HD and cooperatively. With nice the gore everywhere and there was a sigil version because the sigil wad's already in it so i was playing it so i haven't actually mm. opened my limited run games release yet. and it's signed by romero before they sealed it so i'm like ooh, that's awesome <laughs> so that was my cool pickup but not switch at all not so. switch nope not switch i do have a bunch of alerts though of things getting shipped to me so that'll be nice. <laughs> that's always good yeah like stuff that i've pre-ordered a while ago like because i because as as we've talked about, when I pre-order things, especially from Limited Run, I usually make the mistake of getting two games at the same time, so I'll wait a week, and then yep. I end up shipping them together like much later, because some games yep. don't come out at the same time. Right. So, yeah. That's hard. I have a hard time waiting. <laughs> Apparently. I, I have a very... Um, I'm very patient when it comes to especially AAA games. For the Switch right now, there's probably... A, I mean, probably over a dozen games that I want to get for the Switch that are out, but it's like, well, do I need it for sixty dollars, or can I just get it for under forty or even less later? Right. Um, right. You know, like GameStop, I'll for like Xbox One games, my budget's under ten dollars a game, so I just wait. I go there, games are under ten bucks. I'll pick up a couple I've never played. Um, probably nice. still don't get to them because we're playing the Playcast right now. But um, <laughs> I know. The problem with Nintendo is that they, the prices don't depreciate, so they won't be under 10 But I might get lucky and find a few that people didn't like that I would uh, around 20 And then Nintendo right. first party, you might get them down to like 50 bucks, maybe. Yeah, that's very rare for Nintendo. Like I see them yeah. go to like 45 sometimes on Target and, and Best Buy, but never really much lower. Mm-mm. And like even the Wii U used games didn't come down in price until the Switch did re-releases of them. So like yep. it's the prices maintain, but I I still wait and then like the only games I'll pick up are like the Mario's, the Zeldas, anything my daughter like really wants to play too. We'll we'll pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, I nice. mean, but she's just playing Roblox and Minecraft right now, anyway. So <laughs> yeah, even with the playcast, my daughter's playtime on Minecraft has dwarfed what I, anything I've done. <laughs> like, wow! <laughs> I want to play Minecraft. I know you do. I, I we have it. I work in elementary schools, and all I hear my kids talk about is Minecraft, and I'm like, I need to try it. Well, I mean, I honestly, as a gamer, I was, I don't understand Minecraft. That was my, my, the craziest thing for years, and it's a 10-year-old game now. And I was like, I don't get it. I don't know what to do with Minecraft. And then the craziest thing was is that it was beginning of this year. We put it on for my daughter and I. We played it in creative mode, and it's literally just Legos, block Legos. And you could build whatever with blocks. And I got it finally. And my, and my daughter's at the point where she could play it and understand what to do. And we've just, we went, we were playing it for like hours on end and had a, you know, experience, a father daughter experience. And it was amazing. And from there, like, 
my daughter just went all off on her own and went, went crazy with it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's been awesome. Um, but yeah, so like my daughter's still killing me in Minecraft time. I'm looking here. It's like, uh, even <laughs> like killing me. It's great. <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, with the Minecraft thing for me, if I didn't have the experience, kind of like what you had with your wife with old man's journey with the Mrs. JP, um, like it may not connect as much either, but it might, you never know. It's worth a try. You should try. No, absolutely. You got summer vacation coming That's true. up. Yep. Maybe some free time. See, we need to also find stuff that Josh can play again. Yeah. Yeah, we had our son play Paw Patrol, and we had him actually play a good majority of it. Oh, yeah, he got and great he, by the end. And he loved it. And, you know, it's simple, simple kid platformer, perfect for a three, three-and-a-half-year-old. I loved it, too. Yeah, and I liked it, too, because we watched the show. Uh-huh. I, I will I tell play. you, like, it's going to blow your mind as he gets older because the stuff that he's going to pick up on are going to be stuff that you both enjoy. Mm-hmm. And like he's gonna go to the realm that he's interested in, and it's just yep. like when he gets certain stuff, it's gonna you're gonna be like wow, because <laughs> like, uh-huh. like, like the days my daughter like went from playing my greatest arcade and sitting there, and when it would die, it would play a jingle, and she go I did it, um, <laughs> <laughs> to uh, it was like every day, um, to then actually going in Mario Paint and being able to draw and color. And then right. now where she's m- manipulating characters in the 3D environment and then Googling Minecraft skins online <laughs> and downloading them into her game. And I'm like, really? You're hacking the game now? Like, <laughs> you're seven. <laughs> and that all happened within like a few months. And, and then she started jumping on Roblox, which I got to watch as a parent because apparently there's no rating system on that. So I got to. Mm-hmm. Be cognizant of that, <laughs> but it's just mind blowing how like quickly they progress. And to this day, she still creates Mario Maker levels and tries to make levels that I can't beat. Uh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and Mario Maker Two is coming out very shortly. So next next Friday. Yeah, so that's that's about to be a, a thing. <laughs> we might want yeah, to just was asking back the game next for the next week. <laughs> yeah. Mrs. JP was like, why haven't we ever played Mario Maker before? I was like, well, that was the Wii U, and we came to that very late in the game. And, but now we have the second one coming out, and we will absolutely play that. So I would say we probably should, after uh, Yoku, maybe we should just make it a Mario Maker week. Because that's all I'm going to yeah. be playing anyways. And then we'll do your choice after we both get distracted from Mario Maker for a week. Okay, that would that would be a good idea. I would say, like, as we do this playcast, as the mega releases come out, we might want to just do the mega release. And yeah. If it's coming out Friday, that means we'll have next Wednesday to do the the rollout of and finish up Yoku, and then we can jump over yes. to Mario Maker Friday. Okay. I mean, Sounds good to me. As always, I'm busy during the weeks weekdays <laughs> anyway, so I usually don't get to the game till the weekend. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's okay, that sounds like a good plan going forward. I yeah, think. I want to definitely try it, and I know I know everyone is going to be playing it, so why not talk about the game that everyone's playing? Exactly, and we're not going to do that whole internet reviewer thing where they're reviewing the game the day it comes out so they can be the first one. Like, no, we're going to play it for a week oh, yeah. um, and 
get a good feel for it. And of course, there's no way in five days we can see everything. It's Friday through Wednesday that we could right. see everything. But it's going to be a you know, this is what you get for a week of Mario Maker too. Exactly. So that perfect. Be cool. So that's I think that's a going forward good um good rule to have because we have no rules. Um, <laughs> a good a good little rule of thumb is that because we're both going to be playing the new stuff. It's yes. Something yes, that will. big, like yeah. So, so what did you get in? You got three games in. Yeah, I got three games. So I got one U.S. and two European releases. I'm going to start with the first game, which Ooh. is from the U.S. And it is a game that is one of our topics for later because it's probably the most one of the most talked about games so far on social media in the Switch community, and that is Tiny Troopers Joint Ops XL from Wired Productions. <laughs> So, we could just we could just go into that a little bit right now since we're on it. Um, yeah, let's so, bring it up. So, so from my I, perspective, I can paint the background I, if you want. <laughs> yeah, I want to see it from my perspective. Is that like I saw this coming from a mile away? Somebody was like, "Oh, they're gonna be limited in in nature at Walmart." And as soon as somebody said Walmart, I'm like. <laughs> hmm. My, I guarantee you, this is going to be a false one, and they're going to show up because every time we've seen any of these mass released games, Yoku's another one. Um, we've literally seen them get, you know, um, mass released in the future. Katamori was another one where people were like, "Oh, it's going to be limited," and and then you know people bought them up, and that demand drove <laughs> production. <laughs> And so this one, like, I saw it, and I'm like, oh, people are like, oh, we're going to get only a couple per Walmart, and I'm seeing them in Podunk Nowhere getting four or five, six copies, and I'm like, and people were trading rare games for it, and I was like, oh, this is going to yeah, be well, hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got thoughts on that. I mean, so we'll just paint the background for people who don't know about this release. Um, hopefully you do. If you're listening to, to us, then you're keeping up with the Switch, but in case you missed it, this game came out in 2018 in Germany. Uh, it supported English. It was by Wired Productions. It was um, brought by Mark and Technic, uh, German uh, studio publisher. Mm -hmm. And we just got it last week in the U.S. And it was kind of a, a surprise release because, you know, I had talked with Wired Production after I had seen some information about this. And I, I did ask them, I said, is this true? Are we really getting you know, a, a U.S. release, and they said, yeah, it's coming to Walmart. They didn't have a date, and then all of a sudden, one person on Reddit posted a picture saying, look what showed up, and that moment, everybody started scouring and trying to find it, and what was interesting is Wire Production eventually put out an image on their social media page saying, limited to 5,000 copies in the U.S., which is the minimum U.S. run for a physical game, and it's going to be only at Walmart. Yeah. So, here's... So... Here's what happened. So this game never showed up on their website. So if you search for Tiny Troopers, you may find the PS4 release, but you will not find. I mean, I could never. I never was able to find the the Switch release on their website. So what we all started doing is we used a website called BrickSeek that lets you look up a UPC or an item code for different retailers, and it'll tell you which stores have it, or they'll give you like an approximation. I mean, it's not updated instantly, so. You know, you put in the UPC for Tiny Troopers, you put in your zip code, and it says, okay, this store by you has four copies, three copies, no copies, and so on. And since last week, it's been just a mad dash to try and get it. Um, and that's twofold. One is 
you hear 5,000 copies, you think limited, so the scalpers were, what? So you had the scalpers come out in droves, and they started buying up this game, cleaning out the stores. You go online, you're, you already saw it as high as, I think, $100. And this is a $20 game. This is $19.99, which is, as far as I know, it's the cheapest retail-released Switch game brand new that I've seen, because normally we see $30. So I just think it's funny one, that people are trading $100 worth of items for it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the... The price kind of dropped. It went back to around $45, $50. But even still, I mean, it's not that it's hard to get in terms of, oh, you know, only one Walmart has it still. But it's more so that not everybody has a Walmart. People in, in Europe don't have access to this unless they bought the German release or they import it. So, and even by us, like I looked at my stores. I don't have a store close to me that has one, but I have a store 30 miles away that has four copies. So what we started to see is that a lot of people weren't able to get it only for the fact that their Walmart didn't get one, hmm. but you know, one away. So, so what myself and a lot of people in the switch core community started doing is we started picking up all of them to help out. So we picked up, you know, whatever our stores had and we're shipping them out at cost plus shipping to members in the community that can't get it for one reason or another. So and we're, we're going to find out how rare it truly is because I haven't went out looking for it, and I am literally in the middle of nowhere. And if I find copies, it's going to be like, yeah, no, it's not well, super rare. Well, <laughs> you may have it. I mean, I'm I'm in a pretty busy area, and you know, nice. at least two of my Walmarts didn't get it. Yeah, it's like I'm but, in the middle of nowhere, not busy. And Well, if you need one, I have one for you. Um, I, See, is, isn't can we it, help each other out? What's the genre? So it's a twin stick um, army kind of shooter, top down view. So you have uh, a small another mobile style game, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, you know, they mobile wear, but you know, it, it it's not that bad of a game. I think people are quick to dismiss it because it's 19.99. It's a mobile type game, but you know what? From people who actually start playing it, they do find it enjoyable for twenty dollars. It's not a bad game to pick up. Um, but yeah, it's not, I don't think it's going to be your award winning game that you're going to cherish forever. And you said 1999. Yeah. 1999. 20 year old game. Yeah. I'm just saying 20 year old game. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so just really quick. So tiny troopers join ops, put you in command of a small platoon of crack commando soldiers, guide them through over 50 deadly missions with varied objectives, take on tanks, Take on tanks, call in airstrikes, eliminate enemy generals, or save the hostages. There's no mission too big or too small for these tiny heroes, and it comes with the zombie campaign as well on the cart. So you have a lot of gameplay. Um, it's only one player, but it supports touchscreen. Uh, it supports the pro controller. And I think a lot of people are going to buy this game solely for the fact that you hear the word limited and 5,000 copies, and it's a shame because... I, I like what's happened in the community, and I don't at the same time. So within my circle of friends and people I've gotten to know, what I saw was everyone trying to help each other out. We started making lists of people who needed copies. We started kind of just communicating with, okay, can you get one for this person? Can you ship overseas? And I really like that because the game, I feel like, kind of just brought us all together as a community of, of wanting collectors to be able to get this. But on the flip side, and I hate to talk bad about the Facebook group that we're both a part of because... I've been in it since the beginning, but you saw it too. So many people just start scalping 
on the page. Yeah, there was they a started lot of going like, I, were like, I'll trade it for these rare games. Oh yeah, like yeah. I, I'll, I even like somebody like saw one of my posts about talking about the game and they messaged me. They're like, hey. He's like, are you looking for it? I was like, no, I got it already, but I'm trying to help out people. He's like, oh, okay. Like, I'll happily trade, you know, for like a $50 game because that's what it's going for on eBay. But I just don't believe in doing like a, you know, cash cash purchase kind of thing. And I was like, okay, thanks. And I moved on. But there were people who were just saying like, yeah, if you have Shantai for limited run games or Outlast, you know, I'll trade you this game. And no. to me, that's just the wrong mentality. That was the wrong thing to do in a group where – I mean, when we first started this group, it was all about just wanting to help help collectors, inform everybody of what's coming out, not to take advantage. And well, yes, you're. <laughs> it's that with growth too, as as groups get larger, yes. like there's gonna be more people there. And I mean, the thing is, is some people are just like, well, if it's fifty dollars, I can sell it on eBay. But I mean, to me, it's on eBay. Then um, to put things exactly. into perspective, the sequel, Tiny Troopers Two, is free on ios oh there's a sequel and it's free on ios right now i could download it right now i'm not going to but i could download it for free obviously it's going to have that free to play mentality where yeah after you play for a certain amount of time or die (laughs) or something you probably have to pay to play again or wait a day or something like that's usually how Mm -hmm. those games go um but yeah so i mean to put things into perspective like you can play the game for for nothing Right, or you get it for get the HD version on a console uh, and handheld mode and some extra DLC uh, is twenty dollars. It might not be bad for twenty bucks. Oh. No, and I mean as a collector, I'm oh, gonna get it regardless. <laughs> but if it go, if it goes used, that someone has to trade it into a GameStop essentially for you to find it used, unless you know on the groups or whatnot. But in stores. It's mobileware. I'm guaranteeing you that people are going to be like, eh, "I'm not going to keep it because it's no longer rare." And it's uh, well, that too. Yeah, <laughs> like we'll see, we'll see. But it's like it's not one of those that's on my list that I need to get. Yeah, and and the other thing that's interesting is that a previous Walmart exclusive was the Paw Patrol game, and it was exclusive end of last year about. And we thought, okay, it was going to be a Walmart exclusive, and then this year it popped up in Targets and Best Buys. And it became a, a like more of a mass retail release, and Amazon also started carrying it. And it has to get you to wonder that you know Wire Production sees the the surge of interest in this game right now for whatever reason. Um, and you have to wonder: Are they going to do a second printing and then go, okay, let's now bring it to Best Buy, GameStop, Target, and then everybody who went crazy over it is just like, oh, you're right, it's not rare anymore, and like I bought it for thing. one reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is, is like if you buy because you enjoy it, or in like your case, because you're going for a full collection. I mm-hmm. mean, there's a justification factor in there where you're okay. Whereas if you're just buying it because oh, it's gonna be rare and it's gonna be worth something, like yeah. I mean, you're if it's the wrong reasons, like you could yeah. be disappointed. That, but that's part of the the trial and error of being a collector is you have to take the gambles on certain yes. things too. So and and it, ta- and it leads into another point, another game that we will talk about later. But just remember what you said about buying it just for the rarity and the wrong reasons, because I have a very interesting story about a new game that got announced and released that I want to talk about nice. in depth. But I want to finish going through my you still got two three games. games that I got this week. So let's move- and we talk about them all. So it's how it works. We do. So let's let's move across the pond to Europe. Um, 
I got in Super Rare Games release number 17, which is Machinarium. Nice. And it is a, a point-and-click adventure. Pretty much takes place in the city of robots. And it says here, it tells the story of Joseph, a tiny little robot, mercilessly thrown on the scrap heap. His friend Bertha has been kidnapped, and the entire metropolis is now threatened by the malicious Black Cat Brotherhood. So you have to go on an adventure. You have to solve numerous puzzles, be challenging minigames, and it's beautifully hand-drawn world accompanied by the critically acclaimed original score by Tomas Flux Vorak. And then this game is by Amanita Design, and it was just released physically uh, last week, two weeks ago, yep. by Super Rare Games. Um, if you didn't pick this up, so if you missed out on the first batch and you're listening to this, just know that on Thursday at 1 p.m., a few hundred copies are going to go up on their website, and then that's it for this. So yeah. their first uh, batch did sell out, and then they reserved a few copies for for tomorrow or yeah, today. They, if didn't you're listening have, to they did have quite a few in the initial. It lasted a while. and It did, yeah. I think, and I think I that's more of the genre. About, I don't know if we talked about this game in the past, but it's definitely one that I, um, I passed on just because it's not my genre. Um, like when I play my point and click adventure games, it's more like the classic classics. Like Mega yeah, and I think Mansion that's and Lucas Arts games and things. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of people um, didn't. I, I think this is why it didn't sell out that quickly. Is I think point and click is a I don't want to say a niche niche genre, but I think a lot of people tend to to shy away from from that. Well, if you think about gameplay. it, it's it's not only just point and click, but it's point and click plus limited Switch collectors. Plus, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a multiple, have to hit multiple yes. thresholds. Whereas if they're going with just a platformer, that stuff's going to go quick. Mm-hmm. Or like a That's mega true. a mega release, a popular game series that we've seen in the past with any of the limited uh, releasers. It, it goes super fast. So, yeah. I mean, heck, it, we'll, we'll see. But there, there was that other one that was weird with it, too, that we could talk about either now or later, that the, the triple threat where it went super fast and then now it didn't go fast the second time <laughs> which one is this the triple threat from um from the other the other pre-order we had the three game, oh the three game pack like the first the yes, initial we'll, one went we'll, within seconds and then i was like oh i'm not gonna be able to get it the second time and then you posted it after work i looked at it, i'm like oh it's still up okay yeah <laughs> like, oh that's too easy then so i did end up getting you, it though yeah and that that leads to our other big point that we'll we'll get into uh, about limited publishers. But let's let me finish. I have one Continue more game mission. for this Continue week. Mission. We got to finish. All right. So, so this last game is a visual novel by the ever popular P Cube uh, Publishing Studio. And what's really in, and so it's developed by Toy Box and then published by P Cube and Arc System Works. And what I really like about P-Cube is they're the ones really bringing the visual novels to the Switch. I mean, if you look at the library of VN games that have come out in 2019, most likely you're going to see P-Cube on the cover. This game is excellent. Uh, if you want to learn about it, go to my website, jpswitchmania.com. We did a review on this. What's it called, jpswitchmania.com? The game's called jpswitchmania.com? No, I didn't get to the game yet. It's called World End Syndrome. Okay, because like you're doing the whole, I was like, what game are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. You have to just find out for yourself. <laughs> no. Um, so this is this this game is great. Our reviewer gave it a nine out of ten. Really enjoyed it. And what's really cool about this, and not cool at the same time, it's a a you a Europe physical uh, release only. So it didn't come out in the U.S. But 
the first day edition comes with a limited edition art book and a box to hold the art book and the game inside of it. What's so it is available on Amazon on the regular UK. Release of it? What's up? What's the cost on the regular release of it? That's a good question. I think it was thirty nine ninety nine euros. Oh, man. So I'm checking right but now. To me, like thinking about like the game of the 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 game of the episode, Old Man's Journey is almost like a visual novel. So how long is the game then? Because we're talking a forty dollar game. If it's just a short visual novel, no. So it's not. I, I don't know the length. It's not too short, but it is. it does require multiple playthroughs because the first time you'll get the worst ending, and then you do have to go... I mean, if, if you want to, you have to go back and do different story paths and branching arcs and whatnot. Yeah, um, sure. But I do want to correct myself. It's £34.99 um, on Amazon UK, and it says one left in stock, more on the way. Um, so it's not a limited release. It's just you know other retailers... Are carrying as well. So if you go to Shop Four Mega Store, three sixty five Games, Game UK, they all ship to the US, uh, most likely to wherever you are if you're not in the US, or go to Amazon UK. But yeah, I don't know how long the um, the launch edition is going to be available. But that's what I like about PCube is they tend to put in little gifts and goodies with their physical releases, and the art book is really nice. Um, so I think it's a great title. I may play it. I may not. I'm not too big in visual novels, but if I do, this would probably be the first one that I would try just because of the good yeah. feedback I've heard about it. Okay. And those are the three games that I physically have in with more on the way, of course, so I should have a bigger <laughs> pile next week. Sorry. Sorry, Shannon. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that couch is looking comfy tonight. <laughs> So there was a section in there that my microphone might have been muted. Don't know. Oh. So if people listening heard me mute for a minute, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. Um, we'll see because, yeah, there was a spot in there where my wife and daughter were, like, <laughs> talking in the other <laughs> room. And I'm like, it's about to pick up. Um, you know, there's, there's one thing we didn't do, though. We didn't talk about the feedback about um, Old Man's Journey from the community. Yeah, we did not. We yeah. Didn't talk about that. So we can quickly go if you want. I have it up right now. Um, the feedback? Yeah. Um, I don't have the feedback available. I do. Okay. Okay. So as always, with all of our uh, Switch Mania Playcast games that we're going to play, I always do a poll on Twitter. I ask you if you've played the game or not. And if you have, just comment on what you thought about it. So 133 people took part in the poll. Surprisingly... 80% of people have not played it. 20% have. So this is a game that may have gone unnoticed. Hopefully now after this episode, more people will check it out. And let's read some of the feedback. So the first one is from Shanna1010, who says, I'm currently playing with JP Switchmania. Oh, who would do that? I don't know. <laughs> then Ennis Switch said, amazing game from start to finish. At Lian... Mustafa said, I haven't, but I want it, but I'm too broke. Crying face emojis. <laughs> I remember reading that one. <laughs> then Chaz at Chaz underscore Hodges said, a short but sweet adventure game, gorgeous art, and simple terrain manipulation puzzles combined to produce a devastatingly sad narrative experience. Plays best with the touchscreen, but the art is so good you'll want to use your big TV. Uh-huh. That's great. Great synopsis. <laughs> um, then we have at RD underscore Raymond. I just started it on the Xbox. I'm enjoying it. When I get to play, love it so far. I want to pick up the physical soon. At 
M-P-R-F-C-T-D-R-K. Not confusing at all. I feel like I'm going to curse if I try and say that. (laughs) (laughs) Played it on the PC before and enjoyed it enough to get the Switch physical. (laughs) Cute little game. And finally, at Modnific said, I have it physically, though, just not opened it yet. And that's where I was before we played this game. It was sealed, and it may have stayed sealed, so I'm glad we did get to play it. So that is the feedback. I don't think we had any more than that let me just double check yeah that was the the crazy thing when i read all those too is and then i was like thinking i'm like man i'm gonna be like the opposite of everybody else when we talk about the game <laughs> like when you go to the story because you know <laughs> like, i was like wow okay that's interesting i guess i'm on a, a different level when it comes to like what my experiences are with games mm-hmm. yep and and you know what this game if nothing else is a good conversation piece because it got us talking about different different aspects to it and not just the game itself but kind of like the the message behind it and we both we both saw it differently which was very interesting oh yeah yeah so okay okay, so those are my three games Um, about my things i got in this week what'd you get in this week I have a whole bunch of um, boxes by the door, some Amazon, some Target, yeah. lots of household goods. We got some paper towels, diapers, <laughs> cleaning supplies. And this is the last time you're on this show. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You it was know, my it, debut. It was your debut. I did get one more game, but like you, it was not a Switch game, but it was from Limited Run Games. I got the Jack 2 Collector's Edition for the PS4. Oh, nice. And I do have to mention it just because they're doing such a great job with it. It looks like the old-style books. Um but yeah, yeah, so technically I got four games in, three were Switch, but I need more Switch games. Never enough. Oh, I mean, Shang Tsung was released in <laughs> Mortal Kombat 11. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so I was playing, we were playing that yesterday too. Because <laughs> it's Mortal literally Kombat. the actor from the movie. <laughs> we could play Mortal Kombat. I have Mortal Kombat. <laughs> so disturbing. Yes, it was. Yeah, you know what? Shanna got to see some of the gameplay and, and some of those special moves were a little violent. Yeah, it wasn't what I remembered from childhood on the little arcade cabinet. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> the, the irony is, is that my wife is a gamer, and she's the one who bought Mortal Kombat 11 for the PS4, and that's where oh, we're really? at. Like, she pre-ordered it, <laughs> and, the, and she, oh my gosh. she already beat the whole story mode. <laughs> I I wanted to play through. I got I got maybe two hours into the game, I think, and then just other games came up. See, see, like, we start all of the fighting games where we play together alternating, and then, Mm -hmm. like, I'm tired from work and fall asleep, and then she just continues and beats it. (laughs) You know what? We're the opposite. Shanna falls asleep, and I just keep going with whatever we're doing. Yep. (laughs) She wakes up, why are we on season seven of the show? We just started it. Well, you fell asleep. Yep. Oh, I can't do that. My (laughs) wife would make me sleep on the couch if I got ahead. (laughs) Like it's why she d- refuses to watch Game of Thrones because I started one episode, episode one without her, and then she refused the whole seven seasons. Aww. See, but the worst part is that if I ever try to watch anything without you, yeah, it's true. Freak out, it's, no matter what it is. Yeah. I could be watching like she's watching Amish Amish uh, breakout <laughs> community, and I'm just like, really, you're gonna watch that without me? She's like, did you want to watch? Them? I'm like, no, but it's on right now, and you're on episode four, so I feel like I missed it already. And you did. You missed and it. I did. I don't, I don't know what's going on yeah. with Jedediah. <laughs> Why did he leave? No, you don't understand know. it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh. I think we should switch over, Dink, um, to the um, to the newsworthy <laughs> and rumors section before we we go over to like we'll switch our 
go around a little bit. Sure. Um, so the first thing that I, I saw in the news for this regarding the Switch, um, yes. those of you that get in Bloodstained, yes. you, the new one, you need to update it before you play. So what I found was that if you start a new game in Bloodstained, I'm not talking about Curse, but I'm talking about the new one. Um, Ritual of the Night. Ritual of the Night. If you mm-hmm. play the the 1.00 version, and then you go ahead and and like say you play a couple levels, and then yeah. you decide to go back and not levels because it's open world, but then you update, you like save, go back and update the game and go back in. It mm-hmm. takes all of the treasure chests and opens them and replenishes the ones you already opened, and some of the treasure chests contain items that you need to progress in the game so it breaks the game oh wow so there's a bug and they, they actually said in the newest email from fan gamer that i got it said make sure you update before you play otherwise it may corrupt your save files and it doesn't really corrupt the save file it actually messes up the entire gameplay so my thought is like ooh, maybe i should go through and 100 percent the game on 1.00 and mm-hmm. then update the game where it then closes all of the treasure chests and then go back and get everything a second time and you got something from fan gamer um i think it was from fan gamer okay yeah fan gamer mailroom it says i did not get that here at the bottom note 505 has advised switch players to download the 1.02 update before playing to avoid losing save progress oh wow when did mm-hmm. just curious, when did they send that out? Uh seven forty three PM today. So right before we started recording. Seven forty three Huh. Yeah. Well, I'm sad I didn't get it. And yeah. now I'll never know. Well do you do know because you listen and to the Switch right. Playcast. <laughs> so See, that makes me nervous because I didn't back it when it was on Kickstarter. I did the late backing, so I have my Well, I have my emails through Fangamer. And I'm really, ho- but I don't get any of the updates from Kickstarter, so I didn't know that there was an outer slip cover for the for the Kickstarter backers. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I think that's the one I'm going to get too. But I'm just like, I, I hope I get it. It'll I be have interesting the invoice. to know because a lot of the backers on Kickstarter are salty because <laughs> they're like stuff that they thought was going to be limited to them is going to yeah. others. And I'm like, I want everybody to be able to experience it. But it'll yeah. be interesting to know if you got the slipcase because if. Because like, I was one of those backed it years and years ago. And yeah. it's like, so then anybody who pre-ordered after. But the thing is, is that to me, being a producer of content as well, like after Kickstarter, I'll put things up for pre-order because every single release I do, people are like, oh, I really wanted to get that and I missed it. And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm talking about within minutes. Um, and it's super interesting to see. Well, I really hope I get that slipcover. I need that slipcover. It would be more fun if you didn't. No, no, it wouldn't. I'd like to hear the story of how you get it. (laughs) (laughs) It would be made for a story. Um, So I saw another article on a different news subject. um, Yes. That the new Switch models are rumored to be now in production. Uh, Did you see the, uh, the Chinese accessories? post no no Uh, okay because there's a company in china that is i guess reaching out to certain people or just posting but they're showing a switch a a different switch model like a switch light or a switch mini 
and they're making accessories for it. So they're showing like the carrying case that they're making with a mock-up design of a Switch with non-detachable Joy-Cons. So they're just built into mm-hmm. the console. And a lot of people are going, is this real? Is this just the company, you know, ahead of themselves? No clue. So these are rumors. But so let's see. The article that I have is from June 16th. And basically the... um. Basically, the two new models are still supposed to be in production, like already in production. Um, We could assume China if they're already leaking specs and things. But it Mm -hmm. says, one of the new Switch models will reportedly look the same as the original, but with improved internal components. Um, It says it will not be as powerful as the PS4 Pro or Xbox One X, but will be upgraded in the same sense as the new 3DS models. Um, while the other Nintendo Switch is expected to support a new look with lower specifications, would make it less expensive, and rumored changes would be the removal of the Joy-Con rumble feature and decision to go handheld only. Mm. And so that's basically it. Um, we're talking about, like, Nintendo um, has been moving the production of some of the original and new models to Southeast Asia because of the um, presidential... Uh, administration's proposal for the import tax on electronics made in China. So mm-hmm. they're like moving things uh, elsewhere to avoid the extra taxes. And right now, Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One are all being um, taxed because they're all being produ- having lots of parts produced in China. So I think Nintendo's moving to Southeast Asia. Um, but so that's interesting that a Chinese developer is, is pushing those things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Nintendo, of course, as we talked about last week, focused on game releases. Um, so we'll see. Uh, and we'll definitely talk about it more when we get some concrete. But it was interesting seeing the the leak of the, the specs, you know, with yes. non-detachable Joy-Cons. Because, I mean, that's something my daughter would absolutely love, but... For me, it's like I already have a switch. I'm I'm good. Yeah, and I like I like the idea of customizing the colors too. Yeah. You lose that because you know whether they're going to have just gray or they're going to pick the colors for you, then you're kind of stuck with it at that point. And yeah, I, I'd be curious because you know I've seen a lot of those mock-up designs and they're all starting to look very consistent from the different sources. So I'm wondering, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe there is truth to the rumors, but. You know, Nintendo had said that they weren't going to announce anything at E3. They didn't. They said that wasn't the plan. But now, come holiday season, I think would be a perfect time to launch a more cost-efficient model or even a more high-end as well. Yeah. I mean, it would be smart. Um, so speaking of all of that, do we see any fallout from any of the E3 stuff that we talked about? Um, mm-hmm. Like anything different that was confirmed or denied. I couldn't see too much out there that no. was like changed from what we were talking about. So that's good. Yeah, um, not since last week. I mean, a lot of people now are still wondering what's going on with Final Fantasy VIII. If there's going to be a physical. Because we talked about how .emu is kind of hinting that there may be one since it's a remastered yeah, version. There's no update uh, from what we talked about, though. One thing I did see today from an article, uh, I think this was on Go Nintendo, but they said that uh, Square Enix is thinking about or looking into possibly bringing the remake of Secret of Mana into onto the Switch, and it was previously for the PS4. So that's exciting that I think they're starting to see just how much Nintendo Switch players really want their games on, on the Switch. Yeah. Oh, there was something, actually, now that you mentioned Mana. Um, Trials of Mana 
from the collection was yes. actually ripped to the computer as a Super Nintendo ROM, and you can now play it on a Super Nintendo through an EverDrive, or if somebody burns it to a cartridge. Wow, that did not take a long time. It took like less than a <laughs> week, and somebody already because I, I I saw videos and and articles on it. I was like, oh, somebody already hacked it and pulled it off the cartridge, or not cartridge, but file system. Um, let's hopefully it goes on a cartridge. That'd be amazing. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, I'm I've as I mentioned last week, I've had Secret of Mana two, which is now Trials of Mana. I've had it mm-hmm. for years on a cartridge, so it's not anything that I'm interested in. Um, but still pretty cool that somebody already took the time. Um, so the main newsworthy thing I want to talk about this week is JP, you getting dimed out. We didn't. T- we alluded to it last week, and we never got to it with the three and a half hour episode. <laughs> but um, but let's talk about that. Tell us the story of you getting sourced in an article <laughs> out of context. <laughs> it was amazing. No, no, no. Uh, okay, so well, yeah, I'll, I'll let everyone know. And then I, I still have one other game I want to talk about that made made the news as well. But oh, yeah. let's talk about let's talk about yours first. So for those who don't know. There was a limited publisher that announced themselves end of last year. They're called Warren Collector Games. They're French-based. And when they came out, they announced three games that they had planned to release. So I actually have those. Um, The first was Pankapu. And they had a release date of April 24th. Then they had a a second game called Dungeon Rushers, which was supposed to release on May 15th. And then the third game was Zombie Night Terrors that was supposed to release, I believe, June 5th. Yeah, so, and, and as people know right now in the recording of this, the the date has passed on all of these. Yes, mm-hmm. you're jumping ahead, but no, I think they know the date has passed think, on all these. I'm not jumping ahead at all. Well, maybe saying. I was going to say that they all came out. No, they didn't. No, they didn't yet. Not yet. <laughs> okay, so what happened was, you know, the games get announced. The first two were available for pre-order right away. So Pankapu and Dungeon Rushers, day one you could pre-order. You could do, I think. I think I pre-ordered, I don't think they did a double pack, so it was kind of individual. And initially, they announced on their website that it was going to be limited to 6,000 copies. And now, if you go on their website, they had changed that to the minimum in in Europe of 3,000 copies. So that's one thing. They changed the, the print size run. The second thing is that these games never released. And what happened was that this company on... They didn't have the best communication, and you can chalk that up to just a language barrier um, and just who was, you know, posting their their social media updates and the email blast. It wasn't the best English, but that's not – I'm not going to fault them for that. What I will fault them for is the lack of communication on updates because what happened was April 24th was quickly approaching. We're all looking forward to this game, and I believe, and I could be off by a day or two, on April 24th, they put out a post saying, we're so sorry, we're having delays, we'll keep you all posted. And everyone said, okay, yep, that happens, we've seen that before. Then May 15th came around, Dungeon Rushers was supposed to release, and it didn't. And again, we heard the same thing, you know, we're having issues, we're having delays, and there's going to be, you know, we'll, we'll keep you updated. Then comes end of May, May 31st, they, they do one more update on, on Twitter, same kind of thing. And then they go radio silent. I mean, people at this point were, were starting to get very wary. They felt that they were getting scammed. I, I know at that point, a lot of people were starting to go to PayPal to request refunds because PayPal has you know a, a limitation as to how long after you make a purchase that you can, 
you can file a claim. And if you pre-order this in December like I did, it's coming up fairly soon. So a lot of people started doing that. And what they saw is they weren't getting any resolutions on PayPal. So, you know, you put a claim in and then the company has a chance to respond and they weren't. They weren't saying anything. And it wasn't until last week that a Nintendo site called Nintendo Soup decided to put out an article kind of just highlighting everything that was taking place with this from the beginning. The games that they announced, the radio silence, the fact that developers, so the developers of these games weren't even getting answers. And they were responding to us on Twitter. So the developers for Zombie Night um, were saying, we've been trying to reach them. We're not getting a hold of them. We have no idea what's going on with our game and so on and so on. And, you know, at that point, there's definitely red flags. There's something going on. You know, there's a lot of theories as to what's going on, um, and we can say them, but I'm not going to, I won't speculate, but, you know. I will. I will speculate all day. Okay, so I'll start it off. But, you know, one one thought is that they did all these early pre-orders, three games without any, you know, hard physical um, product in their hand to help fund their future purchases, which, you know, is doable. They take the money right away, and then they can use that to hopefully pay off what they need to to produce these games which is another is that uh, yeah absolutely i mean if i'm gonna run a company like this if i would ever do it i would do one game first and i would have it similar to like super rare games i would want to have it in hand or at least like show people that you know there is something physical because all we had was you know one one mock-up cover art that said you know cover could change that's all we had but i think in the beginning a lot of people felt a little more um, safe with this company because the developers were even commenting on Twitter saying like, yeah, this is real. We're working with them. And, you know, the developers, I don't see a reason to lie about the status of a game that they're bringing physically. So, you know, in my mind, I said, okay, like this is legitimate. But now, hmm. you know, obviously the red flags come up when the developers are saying, yeah, we can't even get a hold of them. And we're trying to call them. We're trying to email. We're trying to just find out what's happening. So there's I mean- that. I've seen similar situations like this company has done, and it's the classic, like, Coleco Chameleon, if you remember that debacle. That's the same type of deal um, where you have a company or a group that have great ideas um, however, it, it either it either could be very similar where they have people in charge that are the visionaries but not necessarily mm-hmm. the doers for the production and they got mm-hmm. in over their head and had nobody to produce it because that's what happened with the Coleco Chameleon like the mm-hmm. guys behind it had great ideas but then when they went to execute they didn't know how to do the execution part and the people that they hired they burned bridges with and you know all that stuff um and then right. they ended up then their answer was to put like a modem router inside of a case and show it off or an actual Super Nintendo in a case and show it off the first time. But mm-hmm. that was bad form. But um, this company, it seems like it could have been, uh, okay, yeah, we're going to release these games. And then they maybe at that point they hadn't even contacted Nintendo to become a publisher and didn't realize, oh, we have to go through Nintendo to get it physically on. Or maybe that happened. That's one theory I have. The other theory is if they were already you know, approved by Nintendo is that they didn't realize that what we've talked about, it's like, it's like a hundred thousand dollars to do one game. And right. even at what's a, what's a 60 times uh 6,000. 30, 360,000, 360,000. Right. Yeah, I so, think so. 
So, I mean, you're getting $360,000, but you got to include the shipping prices from all right. over the world, plus the, you know what I mean, like all this extra money that it's going to cost, plus all the different fees and licensings and all the extra stuff. So it's like, they might have been over their head when it came to that. But, yeah, I mean, and if you're doing 6,000 times three games, though, that's a million dollars right there. Well, then they reduced it. They were doing 3,000 only, they said. And they didn't sell, I mean... Who knows if they sold out because we don't know how many people actually pre-ordered and we don't know if their website was ever designed to turn off the pre-order once it hit that that threshold. Yeah. But I, I personally don't think 3,000 people have even pre-ordered. So that could be another issue is that they thought, you know, we're going to sell through this and we'll be fine. And then it turned out that huh, not a lot of people are actually putting the money up front because what I saw a lot was I'm going to wait till they release the first game and then I'll buy it because most likely it would still be available. You know, so I also uh, said sixty. How much were the games each? They weren't probably weren't sixty. So the games 40. on their site was twenty nine ninety nine euros. So like, so we'll so say thirty thirty seven dollars. I think that comes so, out so to we'll be say, about so. What's forty? 40 what's yeah. forty times three thousand? Four times one hundred twenty thousand. So that would be the bare minimum they they could probably do to do a release right there. And if they right. didn't sell out at three thousand, that's going to be pretty tough. I'm just saying though. That's why like. If yeah. I were to do a game, it would be, have to be crowdfunded. Be like, hey, right. here's exactly how we're doing it. Help us get it there, and we're gonna put out a cool game. Like that's about it. Yeah. You, all you can do is be upfront. And you know, if they've released something else in the past, like right. I've put out books, so at least I know how to release things, how to package, how to ship, how to do all that stuff. We don't even know if they know that production side. That is a job in itself. Like right. just figuring out how to actually the logistics work. And so we don't even know if they know that side. Don't know. They went radio silent too. So who who's to say? Like, I'm just hoping that they're behind the scenes trying to figure it all out, and then they come out uh, swinging and just ship out everybody's games. But um, let well, me we're not hold sure. my breath. Yeah, we're not sure that's gonna happen because they they were radio silent up until last week when Nintendo Soup put out their article, and then they came back. Did and they? Yeah, they came back a little bit with a vengeance. I mean, they. They were not happy about the article. They actually um, were pretty vocal on social media. So I'm on their their Twitter page right now. So it's Warren Collector. And if you look um, on June, let's see where it was. So June 15th. I'm glad we waited. Yeah. So June 15th. Hello, Collector. We contacted Nintendo Soup to withdraw their unfounded release and clickbait. We are waiting for other feedback. We have never scammed anyone, and we guarantee that any order place will be delivered. Warren Collector Games will not close shop, quite the contrary. And from there, people started commenting, saying, you took our money, show us the game. Then they then they, they went from no... So from May 30th to June 15th, there was no communication. Then on June 15th, that was their first tweet. Then they said... Warren Collector Games will not close shop, quite the contrary. We are working very hard to propose to you soon a collection of Ultimate Collector Game exclusives and unique and other upcoming Switch games. We'll introduce you all this soon. And then people said, don't show us new games. Show us the first game. That's all we want. Then they said, but before making a new announcement, we want to reassure you by shipping our first games. It happens. You will soon have news. Sorry for the lack of communication. We'll try to improve ourselves to Warren team. Then they did did something. So this was all on June 15th, so one after another. Then on June 17th, they decided to show, and from what I can tell, this is NDA information, but they took a screenshot from the developer portal from Nintendo, and I'm guessing this is Nintendo of Europe, 
But they said, hi, collectors. We are impatient, can finally ship our number one Pankapu. They will be shipped as soon as production is completed. We do our best to inform you a date in the next days. The delay in production happens even among the largest. This does not mean that we will close shop. And here is where it gets interesting, because at this point, George Perkins from Super Rare Games decided to comment directly onto their feed. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to just read what what George had said. So I, I hope it has to do with what I'm reading right now, which is awesome. Yeah. So George said, just so others understand what this means in response to the, it is, the it is screenshot. It is what I'm reading. I'm reading on the Go Nintendo article. Yeah. So no game code has been assigned to the worn version. This means that no order has been placed with Nintendo yet. Ordering will take between four to eight weeks to happen. If they end up placing an order with Nintendo, you have a while to wait. And that's with their first game, which is Pankapoo. And from what we've seen, they haven't even submitted anything for Dungeon Rushers or Zombie Night Terror. So, like, from a production perspective, like, four to eight weeks is, like, for me, it's six to eight weeks once I actually finish and place my order for for a book so like yeah. so like my virtual boy book that i'm still putting the finishing touches on it, it could be a couple more months until it actually gets shipped and it will be in my warehouse that includes shipping um mm-hmm. yeah is the go nintendo article says warned collectors may be lying to customers about the status of their physical releases and it says consider yourself warned yeah <laughs> but then the quote it quotes george which is awesome um more but there was claimed that yeah. the units were in production numerous times but we now know that is not true and then today seven hours ago they made one more post on their on their twitter page and warren collector said there it becomes fierce we are there to make video games and not to make war against journalists in quotation marks clickbait and nor to the competition which i'm guessing is probably in response to super rare games they say our games arrive our order will be shipped and the requested refunds honored warren collector games team will stay strong against sharks and that was the last thing that they said and i mean at this point you have to a lot of people have to wonder are they being more vocal now knowing that the end date to file a claim is drawing near and they will be in a lot of trouble if the majority of people request refunds because they're going to kind of be left with nothing. I think in my terms favorite of reply to that tweet is somebody wrote sharks and they posted a gift that says, yes. you're going to need a bigger boat from. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yes, you're going to need a bigger boat. Like so good. Like, like trash can. Like it's just, it's just turning into a fun thing to watch, but I have no money invested in this. So well, I feel for yeah. all of you that pre-ordered because it's, it's messed up. It's like, yeah, so I, so I am one of those people. So while yeah. it is, it is entertaining in the way to watch what's happening with this company. At the same time, it's worrisome because people who are holding out, and you know, you know what, they're probably going to release that first game at least. Let me not cancel. I mean, you can be out of money potentially. I don't know what happens with PayPal once you pass that date. If you show proof that, listen, this company just went belly up or they ran off with our money, there's got to be a way to still get it back. But it's nerve-wracking at this point because you know this started out in December with a new company. We we're all excited. They had plans to make a Fury Collector's Edition, which was interesting because Limited Run Games also did Fury. But um, but now here we are. We're in the middle of June, and it really sounds not so good for people who pre-ordered with, with Warren Collectors. And, you know, the joke is now, well, it's in their name. They warned us, so... Well, and then the, you see, like, what's clearly happened here, and this comes from Retro Gamer Jim... 
Um, what, what's clearly happened here is that worn collectors have overextended themselves and can't afford to place the order until all the units have sold, which hasn't happened yet. They already dropped the quantity from 6,000 to 3,000 in an attempt yep. to counter this Switch Core. Um, so basically, he's a Switch Core member, and he's saying what we're talking about, which is basically that they're overextended. But yeah. you would think where where I'm warned is that man, if they had three pre-orders and they still can't afford to pay for the first one, yeah. the other two are not gonna be coming out. Like it's just, it's not gonna happen. I mean, maybe they're assuming that the good, you know, all the good publicity and press they're gonna get from the first game is mm-hmm. going to carry into the next two releases. But like. In my opinion, you're 100% right to where it's like you sh- they should only done one, and then you go from there once it's out. You build your name slowly. Mm-hmm. You know, just jump on to two and then do a third one. And Yeah, and that's why I think – I don't think – I mean I'm in the camp that they didn't come out to scam us. I really think they came out to enter this industry mm-hmm. and – yeah, they have to know that with collectors, we don't want to pre-order seven games and not get the first one. We want to see results. And what's really sad now is that they're kind of painting a new view for how future limited publishers come into the scene now. And, you know, you talk about the other one, which is first press games that just came on the scene with a triple pack pre-order, which, again, is three games right away that you're pre-ordering. But you have the option in the future to just do one at a time if you want. But, you know, so many people are now already comparing this other company to Warren Collector. And to me, that's I don't think that's warranted. I don't think that's necessarily fair. But at the same time, you have to be cautious because this is your money that's that's that you're playing with here. And you're right. You may take a risk with a new company. But at the same time, you have to start looking at every single company that comes onto the scene. And you have to imagine with the Switch, there's going to be more and more limited publishers that are going to want to try their hand at this. Because yeah. there's enough games out there that, you know, somebody brand new starting out can probably pick up with an, a smaller developer that may not have had luck with the bigger names and say, okay, you know, we'll use you as the first game and then we'll start building our reputation from there. But, you know, as I said before, with new companies, you got to, I would say you need to have the financial means to do this on your own, but you need to have one game to show first. You can't give us three and saying that, you know, in, in three months, the first game is going to come out. Like, we want to see that first one already in production, maybe have the case, the real artwork, kind of have confidence. And, and then, I mean, that's what Super Rare Games did. They were brand new. They did one game, and they got the reputation. And now look at them now. They're, they released their 17th release. They sell out fairly quickly. They have very good feedback from the community, mm-hmm. and they have a good model. And they did it right. I think and there was it. some uh, um, assumptions there when it came to their. Maybe they assumed that the Switch Collector community was going to be a shoe in to sell right. out, but they overextended themselves with how many they yes. were going to sell and how they marketed it and the title that they chose. The titles yeah. that you choose are contingents. Like we mentioned, like it's an old man's ch- old man's journey versus like Super Meat Boy. Right, like Super Meat Boy is going to sell out in seconds, whereas Old Man's Journey is going to take some time because it's in and you your have to, niche. And you, and you have to look at the other existing studios. Their games don't always sell out, even, and they're established as well. So there's no guarantee. Uh-huh. And and to use, you know, if if that's the way that they went, where they used our money to fund the future purchases or even that first purchase, I mean, then it, it kind of was doomed to fail. And I really hope, 
you know, I, I, I really hope that the games come out. I really hope like, at least the first game or the first three games come out and then they decide, you know, what, we're done and they kind of just go their way. But, you know, if they're going to start kind of attacking people now and and threatening people with who who's posting like content like we're doing right now, we're, we're kind of I don't want to say we're calling them out, but we probably are. You know, we're, we're reading what they wrote and we're kind of just stating our opinion on it. But, you know, they're starting to get on the defense now as opposed to just saying, I got to just produce this game and show people that we're real. Yeah, I mean, and we've been talking about Warren Collector since episode one, episode zero. Um, and in all reality, it's like we kind of called this when it comes to all the different new limited companies coming out there is that eventually there's going to be a, a few that kind of burn the goodwill bridge with collectors because mm-hmm. everybody's just assuming oh you're a company out there so you're gonna make the game happen but this will be the first example that it doesn't happen and then yeah. gamers are gonna have to be discerning it's gonna be hard for someone like you going for every single release immediately because right if you don't back them because they look like they're shady and then they end up being fine and release the game and you're like out the game right yeah and that's you know even right now that's exactly what i'm thinking i go okay well there's still a chance that they're gonna release it and this could happen like remember limited rare games on april fools they did one day pre-order they disappeared and people thought okay this isn't real and they shipped they shipped this game they shipped like 80 something copies which there's no way that was the minimum run but they actually shipped it and you know it's a dangerous game to play because in my mind I'm going, well, they may still release it and then disappear into the night. And then I have one of their few copies that they actually mm-hmm. made. And that's not a small, I don't recommend that to anybody. I should I'm going to I'm call, advice. I'm going to call a company super, super worn JP collectors. And I'm going <laughs> to do a 27 different variant release of one game <laughs> with multiple. And then it's, it's going to be gone after, after seven hours, it'll be gone. <laughs> it may or may not come out so <laughs> like that's just like it's some, something crazy where somebody's gonna take it like super far like that where it's gonna be 27 different variants of something and it's gonna be so ridiculously over the top that it's gonna yeah. be impossible Please don't do that. to do <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't play me like that <laughs> playing the fiddle <laughs> but but that's i mean but that's essentially the situation as of today right now so now we have nintendo soup we have go nintendo both publishing articles saying the same thing, quoting Warren Collectors directly, quoting Super Rare Games, who has experience in this industry already. So I would trust what George is saying when he tells us about these screenshots and to not necessarily believe exactly what Warren Game or Warren Collector is saying. But it's going to be very interesting to see kind of what happens in the next few weeks as this develops more. I really hope we see a game. Um, it's All signs are pointing probably towards a no. But then in that case, I just hope that whoever has money invested is able to get it back and it's not going to be too late. Exactly. So that's, so that's the first thing. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to jump into the next one, Absolutely. which is more of an upbeat story, actually. <laughs> um, you may or may not have been keeping track of this, but it's definitely something that's been making its way around the Facebook groups and on, on Twitter. But there's a company called Rockfish Games. Mm-hmm. They produced a game called Everspace. It did very well. You could check out our review on JP Switch Mania. We liked it a lot. And maybe I could be wrong here, but I feel like it was only like a week or two. They kind of teased that a physical copy was being produced directly by them. And they actually showed screenshots of the cases and the cartridges in their facility. And they were putting them together. And they said, yep, these are going to be available. You know, stay tuned for more information. 
And then on Monday, this past Monday, there was like a surprise drop on Amazon UK and the game was available. And not only available to to um, like pre-order, it was available to buy and people have already gotten it in. So the good news is this is very real. This isn't anything negative. Um, so this is a happy story. But it's a UK release. And what happened was initially, and I think I misread it too, when they posted that this game was now available, they said there was going to be 3,000 copies with 1,000 copies of it being shipped to the U.S. So immediately we all thought, oh, they're making a, an ESRB-rated cover and a U.S. release. It turned out to not necessarily be the case because I don't think they realized that they had to get approved by Nintendo of America first. Mm-hmm. So, so right now they're, they have been very communicative. They've said that they've you know applied. They're in the process of that. But right now it is a, UK, a Europe release only. And it wasn't, and I thought it was 3,000 copies, you know, limited, and it was done. And it wasn't the case. It was actually more so their first batch of 3,000 copies. So, you know, I posted that information. Everyone started buying it. It sold out immediately um, within the first day, I think. And all of a sudden, scalpers rose up. And on eBay, it went up as high as like $188 or more. And this game was not that much, I think. I have to check my account. I think it was either twenty nine ninety nine um, pounds or slightly above that, but I'll, it wasn't. I'll trade my copy of Tiny Troopers for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, I I got my copy. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I pre-ordered it, but so so this is what happened. So the game came out. Everyone was talking about it. You know, we thought at first there was U.S. release. Then they were very quick to inform us that that wasn't the case. People were quick to buy it, and then it sold out. And a lot of people started getting upset because all of a sudden it popped up on eBay. People thought, oh my God, 3,000 copies. I missed it. How could they do this? So they actually posted a really good tweet that I, I want to read because I don't know if everyone is following them directly or necessarily even following me or other sites that are posting this. But this is what they said, and this is why I feel like a lot of companies in general could just use them as an example of how best to communicate with their customers. So they said, wow, that escalated quickly, meaning the sellout and the rising prices on eBay. So they said a few things. Number one, we're deeply sorry about the Everspace Nintendo Switch product page gone live on Amazon UK and France ahead of schedule and without proper communication. So it sounded like they had a plan and it somehow became available when it shouldn't have been just yet. They said, number two, no need to purchase overpriced copies from resellers. More copies are already on the way. Boxes are put together and wrapped by ourselves. Number three, releasing localized versions in FIGS, F-I-G-S, is imminent. Number four, and this is the one that just like really took me aback. They said, if anyone got an overpriced copy from a reseller before this tweet, we will reimburse any extra cost to the official price plus shipping on Amazon UK via PayPal or bank transfer. That's dangerous. That's dangerous for, I mean... I think that's a very nice gesture, and I feel like that's a little dangerous because without showing a proof of purchase with a timestamp, you can easily now go on eBay, buy a copy for three hundred dollars, and say, "Hey, I bought this for three hundred. It should have only been thirty. You know, reimburse me two hundred seventy dollars." I would hope that they have kind of like a good um, check and balance system for that, and I, I would hope people don't take advantage of it. But I'm going to stay on the positive and say that's a very nice gesture to anyone who it's ended a very up very nice gesture. Yeah, and. You know, that that's not, I don't think it necessarily, they're responsible to do that. I mean, they don't have to. So the mm-hmm. fact that they're saying, listen, you bought it anywhere for more than what you should have, contact us. So I thought, you know, to me, that was very good. 
So then, then they said to number me, like I would say they should be like, well, if you got scalped on this or you went and bought it, we'll get you X item associated right. with the game that we're going to produce for you, like a card mm-hmm. or something that's feasible. Yeah, because yeah. this is money out of their own pocket at this point that they're reimbursing. So, so they said, number five, the regular for regarding Amazon U.S., we're still waiting for Nintendo America's approval to become an official publisher for ordering cartridges with ESRB rating, too. In case our request is denied, we will be shipping more copies to Amazon UK to meet demand from fans in North America and Latin America. Number six, for shipping to Australia and New Zealand, we're still knocking on a few doors. We'll keep you posted. And number seven, again, please accept our sincere apologies for the mess. We're still learning the ropes of releasing a physical product on Amazon because they did this all themselves. So... That's, I would say, the other big game this week that's really been talked about is this Everspace. And, you know, it's a very cool release because, you know, it's a physical. It includes, I think, a digital CD and it included additional content. Uh, and it's a reasonably priced game and it's actually a very popular game and well, well-reviewed title. But it is a shame that, you know, once again, it's like these limited runs and even though this isn't a true limited run because they're going to do more than 3000 everybody's first thought is i gotta buy it right away i gotta buy lots of copies for various reasons um and that's why i wanted to jump back now to what you said earlier when you said when you buy just for the fact that it says rare or it, it it's rare or limited is the wrong reason i remember seeing in the facebook group one person got very upset by this tweet that rockfish put out and no one could understand like why are you upset they're doing everything right to to make amends or fix the problem at hand and they said well i bought this because it's rare and now they're making more copies yeah people are just collecting for the wrong reasons same people yeah. that collected beanie babies and collected amiibos at the beginning and anything else is if you're collecting for the wrong reasons like yeah. you should not be putting your child's college education funds into switch games and expecting a turnaround right. in profit like it's like you're either gonna collect because you want everything to enjoy it, yeah, or like you want to get what you want. Like if you're just trying to flip stuff, like I mean, you're gonna get burned eventually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, you'll probably be successful in certain games, but uh-huh. it's all gonna come back around. And you know, at least in the Facebook group, what's very interesting now, and just for anyone that's in the group that's listening to this, if you've noticed, when you make a post now, it doesn't automatically show up. It now goes for pending approval because of this onslaught of tiny troopers and Everspace uh, posts that people have been making. And just like the negativity, they've Man. actually been banning, they've been banning a lot of people who are trying to scalp because that's not what the group is about. They're also limiting – or not limiting, but they're they're reviewing what's, what is going to be posted before it goes on so they could reject anything. So it's yeah, hard I mean, to see the Switch Mania playcast now. They're not going to allow it. Oh no, no, they they approve our stuff. <laughs> they know me, they like me. We're good. But but that's the interesting thing is like you have tiny troopers, you have Everspace all in one week with these like mad rushes to get it. And it's been a busy time. I really thought after E three, I thought last week was probably the busiest I've ever been on Twitter or seen on Twitter. And it just goes to show there's no slowdown with the switch in many capacity. Mm. I mean, every day there's something new getting announced or released or or something happening and it's just yeah, it's 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 a fun time and a stressful time depending on how big of a collector you are for this console. <laughs> it's true though, and it's 
It's fun. I enjoy watching it from the sidelines and like <laughs> eating the popcorn and just watching. That's all I'm doing. And right. like the thing is, though, is if it turns into a game that I absolutely need to have, like I'll I'll be in the mix too. Um, yeah. But yeah. So um, another section that we cover every week, um, the Switch Book update. I have actually been focusing on getting out my two releases. So the Switch book right now is in limbo to allow JP time to write his collector pieces that he's slacking on. Um, <laughs> and to allow our uh, graphical artist to get her pieces done, which she's mm-hmm. slacking on. Um, but that being said, um, I am finishing up the, the Virtual Boy book, and, and that's pretty much done. But I'm adding in backer stories into that. And mm-hmm. The other thing that happened this week, which was really cool, was the Nessmaker Bite Off. Yes, I did see that. Out, and my game, Happy Scrappy Hero Pup, was got featured. Didn't win any awards, but it got yeah. featured in games um, about family. And they showed a picture of my daughter drawing the characters that went in the game, and it was really cool to see Happy Scrappy getting you know a feature. Um, the uh, the irony is so the box art the artist I actually work with him and the artist of the box art for the game and my initial idea was to have happy scrappy in front of the haunted mansion and have some of the enemies looming overhead and he never got around to doing the enemies and then he's like yeah we'll just go with that and the irony was is a bot one the, the box art that won the major thing that um mark said mark Eskelson, who did mega man 2 box art was the judge um, and what he said was, is, oh yeah, I really loved how it showed the enemies in the game on the box art. I was like, I told him that he's like, man, <laughs> he was like, I should have absolutely done that. I was like, yeah, well, you planned on it, but then you, uh, you wanted to, to move on to different projects. So I was like, that's cool. Cause he was just doing it as a, you know, as a fun thing to do. So I'm not going to like pressure anybody when it comes to just passion projects. We're just doing it on the side. So it was pretty cool, though. The game's playable on the NES. The demo for Happy Scrappy's available on nestmakers.com. Um, you know, I helped with the the character pixel art and the level layouts for the game. I was working on that in like what earlier in the year before we started doing Switch Mania. Um, but and nothing to do with the Switch. So um, <laughs> that's basically all I've been working on right now. The Switch book is going to be once it's on though, it's going to be quick and in a hurry. It's 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 real fun to write about the Switch games. Yes, um, it is. And so the the final section, besides for the wrap up that we'll do at the end, is what's new and available to buy in pre order. Um, yeah. I, before JP talks, I'm just going to say Freedom Planet's available on Friday. Yes. Hell did yeah. You, did you see what was announced today, though? The collector's edition? It looks amazing. Go With ahead. A and tell Genesis the retro case. Go ahead and tell the peeps. Sure. So it's going to awesome. be. It's going to be $64.99. I don't know how many copies are going to be available because the page wasn't up on their website. This was more of just a tweet with the image. Mm -hmm. But it's going to come in a collector box. It's going to have a Genesis-style case inside that collector box, a three-CD soundtrack, a double-sided poster in the game for $64.99, which I think is very reasonable. And the game looks awesome. I've never played it. But I've heard so many good things about it. And I was wondering myself if there was going to be a collector edition. And now we're two days away from pre-orders opening up. And there is one. So that's that's exciting. Um, I, have, I, I have absolutely played the game. Okay, and good. And it's amazing. It literally, before Sonic Media came out, 
it was exactly what I wanted out of a game. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted, mm-hmm. out of a Sonic game, that's literally what I wanted was what they put out in this game. It just looks amazing. It plays fun. It's fast. You have three different characters to play from that are all unique. It's a whole female cast, which was really cool. Um, and to me, it was exactly what I wanted. Um, with this limited edition, like I'm checking it out right now, and I like that they used the checkered original Genesis release for it. Which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the price is on it, but it has, you know, sixty four ninety nine. Is it sixty four ninety nine? Yeah. Oh yeah, I see it now. Um, yep. not sure if I'm in it for sixty four bucks. That's it's a little bit expensive because the original version's thirty. Um, yeah, but you we'll get a three CD soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, I'm not ever gonna gonna bust that out though. To me, it's like this, it'll be about the collector case. The actual mm-hmm. what I want is the Genesis case. Um, yeah, and I do have the original release of the the Toe Jam and Earl Genesis case. So nice. Yeah, I have so that the, the original one that they released at the uh, before the the new version of the case. I have the original Genesis version like this. So, yes. And so while we're on limited run games, just to let a reminder for people, but on E3 day for their presentation, they opened up pre-orders for Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, mm-hmm. regular and collector's edition. So regular is $59.99 because it's going to include all of the downloadable content and the future updates that are coming. So it will be as complete as possible. And then the mega edition is $89.99, and it comes with a steel book case that everybody loves. It comes with power coins that you can swap out right on the case itself. Mm-hmm. And I think, I'm trying to see if there was anything else in terms of items in there, but it looks like uh, also a poster. Yeah. So right. so you have that. But then, we definitely so that, got to that one last week, too. And we, I was we did. Like, I was like, to me, it being a $60 release, it's a bit much. Um, I'm hoping that they release it at Best Buy so that way I can get it used later. Right. And then the other one So the other the other game that's going to be closing pre-orders on Friday. So with Freedom Planet they open up and with this one they're closing is Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight. So the regular edition is available and it ends 11:59 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday. So if you haven't pre-ordered it yet, don't miss out. Um but but if you do miss out, the good news is right now Best Buy is planning to carry a small amount of this in the future. So they said they have the ability to not move forward. So, you know, it's your risk if you want to wait and see if Best Buy gets it. But as of right now, it's still available on their website, $29.99. You can also check out the review on JP Switch Mania. We like the game a lot. We tend to like games, which is good. But, uh, yeah, if you're curious about this type of, of title, check out the review. So that's limited run games. I do want to let people know about super rare games. Um, I mentioned this before, but Machinarium, their 17th release, is already shipping to people. But the final batch of a few hundred copies is going to be available on Thursday. So this is today, if you're listening to this, mm-hmm. at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So if you missed out the first time and you, you wanted this game, now's the time to get it before they sell out. And then you're going to eBay or to hopefully somebody that bought an extra copy. So that's that. Um, there's still more to talk about because today another company announced a new title coming out. I don't know if you saw this one. But it's strictly limited games. Ninja Saviors. 
Yep. Yeah, because so, I definitely pre-ordered the Japanese version of Ninja yes. Warriors. And so we talked about this a few weeks back when because I pre-ordered Ninja Warriors, and they're calling it Ninja Saviors in the text font style of Ninja Warriors, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like what they do. Um, this might be one where I upgrade to Strictly Limited because I like what they do. Um, it mm-hmm. depends on what they push out for their limited edition because they tend to do like a dress right dress same type each time with their limited editions yes so it is coming so on their website right now they only show the regular edition Mm -hmm. it's going to be 29.99 euros it's going to come with um exclusive uh five button set which looks pretty cool from the picture that they have it has new cover art that's not the same as the asia release and of course this is going to be part of their numbered run but in their email blast, they did tease a collector's edition. They haven't revealed any details. We don't know how many there are. The pre-order dates haven't even been announced yet, but there is a collector edition, and that would be exclusive to them. So if you just want the game and you don't care about you know, being part of like a, a run for a, a publisher, you could go with the Asia release, and you could pre-order that on Play Asia. But if you want to support Strictly Limited, you want to keep with their collection, you want to go with the collector's edition for a game, then you're going to want to go through Strictly Limited. And as they announce the dates and all the specific information, make sure you're following JP Switchmania on Twitter because we're going to be posting all that information. So JP doesn't yeah. sleep. He just posts information. He's the ultimate I've, forwarder of information. I've learned that I am sleeping less and less. Like this week, I've been going to bed at 3 because we didn't even talk, wow, we didn't even talk about the, um, the debacle of the Link's Awakening CE. That's going on right now. What? It's because you went to sleep the way there was a debacle. Twice in a row. So, you know, I got to bring this up because a lot of people are talking about this. And and it's annoyed me so much because, you know, I'm I'm pretty quick at pre-ordering stuff, as everyone knows. But I'm having difficulties. Yeah, I'm having difficulties with this one. So after E3, we learned that we're getting the Dreamers edition with an art book and the game. And that's all fine and dandy. In Europe... They are getting the art book, the game, and a special steel book that is exactly, it looks like an original Game Boy with the title screen for Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. I mean, it looks amazing. Mm -hmm. And what happened was we thought, okay, it's going to go for pre-order. We'll all pre-order it. Well, what happened was Amazon Italy opened up pre-orders at like 4 or 5 in the morning last week, I think it was. And then they sold out within an hour. Then every now and then, you know, I sign up for like a notification. By the time I click on it, it's sold out already. So I don't even know how many Amazon Italy's gotten. So one. let's put them to one maybe. So we'll put that to the side. Then you have a, a UK company called Shop2.net. They opened up pre-orders and some people were able to pre-order and have it sh- and put your US address in. Others like myself were not successful. It just wasn't accepting our payment. It wasn't accepting our address. And we couldn't figure out why some people were successful and some weren't. Well, it turns out that there was no plans to ship outside of the UK because they started sending out emails to everyone saying, oh, we noticed your address is international. We're not shipping international. We canceled your pre-order. So Shop 2 was a bust. Then we move into Game UK. And this one was last Thursday. So you know what? We may have even talked about this because I think we recorded on Friday. We did. You're right. So really quick, what happened was pre-orders opened up. And I've purchased from them plenty of times. I've logged into their my account. I've been able to buy games. But what happened was other uh, social media people picked up on this, retweeted it, and with their 100,000 followers, everybody flocked to Game UK to the point that the site crashed 
And even to this day, so a week later almost, you still can't log into your account. So Game UK is aware of this, but a lot of people had to sign or had to purchase this as a guest uh, through checkout, which I had to do. So I so I have it pre-ordered, but I don't even know if my pre-order is legitimate because who knows how many they are accepting because it was available for a very long time. And I have to imagine they're probably not going to get as many as, as they got pre-ordered. So, you know, that makes me worry that it's not really in my account. I can't even check my account. And a lot of people are in the same boat. So that was Game UK. Then we moved to another company called 365 Games. And what happened was they put up a placeholder page. So we knew they were going to be getting it. It said coming soon. We talked to them on social media. We asked them, when is this going to go live? They said, ah, we don't know. And this was Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Yeah. So Monday we talked to them. They said, we don't know. Tuesday morning at 4.30 Eastern time, it went live. And about 4.50 Eastern time, it sold out in like 10, 20 minutes. Nobody knew about this. They didn't even send out emails if you signed up for their notification because it sold out so quickly. And I was asleep, so I missed the boat. Then they said, we don't know if we're going to get any more in, but we're going to comb through the orders. We're going to cancel anybody that placed you know, duplicate orders. And we thought, okay, so it'll probably come back on again at some point, maybe. Well, Tuesday morning, or actually I think it was this morning, at 4.30 in the morning again, they went live, sold out in 10 minutes. I have no idea why they're picking 10.30 a.m. their time to have this go live. All I know is I'm not sleeping tonight. I'm taking my chances. And at 4.30, I'm going to just refresh the page and hope that I get it. But Just so you know, JP, any story that starts with, well, what had happened was, is never going to be a good result. No. (laughs) Like, you literally did that. Like, what had happened was, I'm like, oh, here we go. (laughs) Uh Well, well, now we're still waiting for Amazon UK to open up pre-orders. Um, we're waiting for the Nintendo UK store to open up pre-orders. They haven't yet. But it's just a matter of, you know, we're not getting this deal book, and I don't want to pay an astronomical price for it. And if I'm going to pay that much, I might as well get a complete collector edition, which, yeah. you know, it looks really nice. The box art looks really good. The, the steel book is probably going to be probably one of the most popular steel books that has come out so far, and probably for a long time after that. It just holds that nostalgia value. But I just hate it when it's this hard to get a pre-order in because it's like, you know, I I want it. I just want to secure my copy. It comes out on on September 20th. I don't want to be stressing unnecessarily for three months or so hoping I get this. Collecting is a marathon, not a sprint. And, like, I have every Zelda limited collector's edition Mm -hmm. that I've gotten over the years. Uh, but I haven't gotten a few, and, and like I will eventually. Like I didn't get the actual Master Sword from Breath of the Wild. I didn't get. Oh, you that. didn't get that one? No, I I missed it, and so I got the next tier down. But I'll get it eventually. Um, the mm-hmm. other one, and the one that really like it bothered me for a while was the Wii U Hyrule Warriors, um, Nintendo Store exclusive. Yes. So mm-hmm. if they start doing Nintendo Store exclusives, like you're gonna be traveling because you have to like go there basically to get them that's fine i'm not that far and but yeah so it's like it's that kind of stuff where it's like yeah i still don't have that and i need it because zelda but i'll mm-hmm. get it event- i mean i have all the console variants i have everything but it's like i'll get it eventually i don't need to own everything immediately and mm-hmm. i'm not going to overpay because i'll just wait until i either stumble upon it see it at a game convention for a reasonable price because game conventions aren't all overpriced like people think like some some 
you know, sellers are reasonable. Um, or, you know, a buddy finds one and goes, hey, you, you, you've been looking for the Master Sword version of Breath of the Wild. Like, yes, I have. Uh-huh. A lot of people know I'm looking for it, but it's like, I'm not, I'm just going to find it eventually for a reasonable price. And I don't need the other pieces. I just need what I'm missing. Right. So, like, it's like you got to be willing to wait in certain circumstances and like i'm absolutely going to get that version of link's awakening because it looks awesome but i will that might end up costing an leg because it's an import that's the only thing so getting it now would be good but in the end if everybody's pre-ordering because the world's small because of the internet now i'll be okay to to get a copy later i mean yeah, and I will say, um, as of right now, for anyone that's in Germany, apparently GameStop Germany opened up their pre-orders on their websites, and it's the same game. Um, I don't know if the art book is being translated. I know the case obviously will have the USK rating. The steel book will be exactly the same. And you know, the worst part about the steel books is that you know a lot of people are going to go crazy trying to get it, and then what may happen, like it's happened in the past, is Best, Best Buy or a retailer may sell it at a later date you know, on a Black Friday or a few months after Link's Awakening comes out and they'll have a Sunday paper that, that or a Sunday ad that says, oh, buy Link's Awakening and get this Game Boy-inspired steel bookcase. And everyone's going to be like, wow, so I spent all this money, I wasted all this time, and all I wanted was the steel book, and now it's available. And JP got no sleep, and now I can get the steel book. Yep, exactly. But I, I don't sleep, so people can. Think of it that way. <laughs> I stay awake to make sure that anything doesn't get missed. But yeah, it's... It, this one hasn't been pleasant. It's been a like I, I use the words unnecessarily stressful because it doesn't need to be stressful. Collecting should be fun, but it's just one of those ones where you feel it's going to be limited, and it's just it's difficult to get right now. So that's all that's on my mind. <laughs> He's obsessing OCD style of having to oh. get in. Like it's just like really in reality, y'all don't see it while while we're recording. But JP's obsessing because he really wants to launch the switch collector book too <laughs> like he's like can we launch it now and i'm like it's not ready man <laughs> we, well, gotta, we gotta wait <laughs> i gotta write my pieces still i'm like but i'm i'm excited i mean yeah. i don't know, i love the switch so much and then it's like oh being part of something where should help collectors right now and especially down the line like i always look at it like with the gamecube anthology books like your nes books you know somebody coming in now trying to collect or just wanting to know what's been out like this all-encompassing book will have that and it's just amazing to be part of it because there's things that i know people have missed or will miss or won't remember and these books you know it's like a it's like a time capsule in a way of this really fun time that i'm having the only thing that's getting me going is that it's like damn the longer it takes us the further behind we're getting on 2018 and 2019's happening and it's getting crazy already so it's like the further and further (laughs) we get behind the harder it's going to be um and i mean the thing is though is unlike what we just talked about with the warned collectors like i typically don't take a book to kickstarter until it's in a state of completion and the virtual boy threw me through a loop because i did it as an april fool's joke so i'm playing catch up essentially and so like and then i have the walter day book that i um that was funded on uh, my co-author's account so there's like two books out there right now that i'm like Mm -hmm putting the finishing touches on and the last 10% is the hardest part of a book and I'm doing two last 10% at the same time and with contributor sections to add and like 
and I work a lot of hours. So yeah. it's like the, the combination is, has been crazy, but I'm still able to make some progress on the Switch book. I just feel bad because my Genesis book has been over a year and I'm making very little pro- progress because all this other stuff's coming up and it's cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, and the longer we wait, the more physical games are coming out from digital ones that were from 2017. So we really got to get this book out. Yeah, I mean, because the general rule is is that once it's up for pre-order, we really should remove it from the book. Yeah. However, comma, what was our conversation today? So if, if I removed um, the three Warned Collector games, right. what if they don't come out? Right. I would say if it if it's not out yet by the time we publish... We keep it digital with a notation saying physical planned. Were those, and then when they were those three games 2017 releases? I don't know. We might have I, to, I think Panakapu or whatever, the first one. I think that one was. Mm-hmm. And I may have to go back and add those three just to be like, hey, so these are part of a you know, um a supposed to be released, but they aren't at the time of this publishing, so we want to make mm-hmm. sure it's covered just in case the game doesn't come out. Like, and I don't, I'm not going to put any ill will toward anybody in the book, but it would just be like, hey, right. it's here with a planned release. Um, and that's where I think we're going to go is once the, because like all of the spreads are created for the Switch collector. So, mm-hmm. like, we can just add a note to certain games, especially with Limited Run Games' crazy release schedule that they threw out there. It's like, well, there goes like a bunch of games, right? Just like a whole new world's up for pre-order right now, and it's and it's the last game that was released digitally for 2017. Like, mm-hmm. well, well, 20 first year one because it was 2018, but it was still within year one. And yeah, I gotta now I gotta look and see if Panekapu or whatever the hell you call it, Pankapu. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong, Panka, but Pankapu. Panka, Pankapu. Pankapu. Pick a poop. I'm gonna call it that. Gotta look at my Switchbook mega list and see if that game is is in it. <laughs> like it's digital only, hidden gems. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that if it was already up for pre-order before we created this, I may have moved it. Mm-hmm. Let's see, pan. Yeah, so I have it in. It was released September. 28th 2017 i think i might even have a it in the book not noted as a physical release because <laughs> i didn't count warned collectors <laughs> <laughs> wow let me see when did it come after it came right after butcher so we're talking september let's go to september in the book there's butcher Oh, I deleted it. No. <laughs> Means I have to recreate it. What was the date of that? It was December or September 28th. Yeah, I, 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 cause I remember making the spread and it's gone. I wonder if I could find an old version of the book. Mm-hmm. Like throw you back in. Now it's it's fun making the spreads. It'll be pretty easy. Yeah. But I can't wait for that launch. We're gonna. It's gonna be. A f- I'm, I may take off work that day. I'm just gonna be too excited. Oh, I mean, and the thing is, is like day one of a project launch is is crazy. But uh-huh. I can imagine like the community is is awesome. It's gonna be fun. Just, yeah. Because like I'll do live stream. Like we'll have to live stream and get us both on camera talking or something. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll make this fun. I mean, some crazy I, stuff. 
I know a lot of people know about the book that's coming. We've been teasing it for a while. We've had a few of your live sessions on, on YouTube as we're going through it. So some people have even gotten to see some of the layouts. So mm-hmm. I'm just really excited. I mean, who knows what the final product is going to really look like, but it's just going to be amazing, full of content. And yeah, we're it, it's, it's chugging along and it's coming sooner than we think. I mean, considering that it's at 260-ish pages already without any backer content, with any without any like switch release content because that's the thing is is like the console launch is going to be multiple pages talking about the console launch and doing all the different crazy aspects of of the book and then the collector section for for jp in the back where he's going to go over all his insane tidbits and collector pieces oh yeah I think I could just see a multiple page where it's like, all right, so with this game, and then we just show a picture of it talking about tidbits, and we just go through and like, like as you go through, and we could just literally reference a page, be like, all right, so this game available on this page is uh-huh. this, or like it'll it'll be super interesting and fun. I think so. But yeah, so what else is there? Anything else out there available for pre-order right now, or are we cover? Yeah. I mean, uh, this Friday we have Crash Team Racing coming out, and for those who don't know, in the U.S. there's the regular, and there's a GameStop exclusive, the Nitros Oxide GameStop Edition. Comes in a big box, comes with pins, comes with DLC content, uh, so you get instant access to characters and skins and, and whatnot, but these are all items that will be available through gameplay, so it's nothing exclusive. Um, but, you know, it's going to come in a collector box, so if that's something that you like, go for it. If you're in Europe, they're doing the same kind of thing, except it's going to be regular edition with a regular case and the Nitros Oxide edition in a regular case with different cover art and the DLC content you know, included in, in the box as well. So there's no big box, there's no like physical goodies, but it is a, technically a, a deluxe edition, if you want to call it. So we've got that. And then, of course, next week, pre-order MotoGP 19 is coming out. Super Mario Maker 2 is the very big one coming out next Friday. Yeah. And for those who don't know, you can pre-order the regular edition for $60. Or for $10 more, you can buy a bundle where they give you 12-month online membership to Nintendo Online. So if you have it already, it'll add on your time. If you don't have it already and it's something you wanted, the membership's normally $20. So if you're going to buy the game, might as well buy the, the, the deluxe pack because you're saving $10 overall. Yeah, to me, uh, I'm, gonna, I, I'm not really interested in getting the, um, the deluxe pack just because I feel like if the rumors are true and Nintendo does add Super Nintendo, there's going to be some connotations where you got to upgrade, buy another year or something to get Super Nintendo Joy-Cons. Um, uh, well, no, well, to be fair... You can, I think, with any exclusive items like that, as long as you're already a member, you'll be eligible to buy. I don't think it's signing up for the first time. Well, we'll see, because I, yeah, I don't trust I it. But, but on the other side, are they going to do Super Nintendo Joy-Cons if we're going toward a Switch Mini that is portable only and getting rid of Joy-Cons? You know what I mean? Like It'll be interesting to see if Nintendo cons- continues yeah. that. Um I- I will say, though, if it would be very awesome if they did because then you have games like the Collection of Mana that are perfect for that. But until then, I've decided I will buy the 8-bit dough. I think it's time. I need to get it for, for that collection and really play it as a Super NES game. So interestingly, 
is our games, and I haven't tried this, so this is a, a community question and a question for us to follow up with next week. Are the games like the Kunio Collection, which is, you know, Nintendo games, right? Mm-hmm. Are they compatible with the Nintendo controller? Well, we'll try. Yeah. We'll try so, or somebody will tell us. So we that's can pose a, that question. That's a question. We'll pose it to the community. We'll check too um, because literally you have like Double Dragon 2 available right. on Switch Online, but it's also on the Kunio Collection. It works with the NES controller on Switch Online. Does it work with the NES controller on the Kunio Collection? And same thing goes with any other NES releases that are also available on the online. Like Super Dodgeball would be another one, part of that collection. Be interesting because I don't feel like anyone's mentioned it, or I mean, I'm sure somebody may have tried, but I just haven't seen anyone talk about it. So that's a good question. We can post to the group, and I'm sure we'll get an answer fairly quickly. Oh yeah, and, and the thing is, though, is that's the same things. Those are the things that I like to address within the switch books and right. things. It's stuff that you can't easily find online. It's the right. same thing with knowing what switch games we can play together with two switches. Mm-hmm. like multiplayer cooperatively like it's stuff like that like nobody has lists of that and i think that's super cool to know yes absolutely so, and i i think we're going to avoid store exclusives because i know we we're throwing that around on a live stream i think we need to avoid that with the whole oh now it's no longer a walmart exclusive because then that'd be an error in the book that's avoidable if we just don't mention it until after the fact so you wouldn't put then, you know, an asterisk saying at the time of printing, this is store exclusive. Well, I mean, that would be an asterisk in the front of the book that says everything is at the time of this printing. Otherwise, I'm going to repeat it a hundred times. That's true. It becomes duplicative, and yeah. Because if you think about the Lego City Undercover Toys R Us exclusive, remained an exclusive to them with the helicopter action figure in big box. Mm-hmm. So some things, I mean. I would say very few things have probably been a true store exclusive, but if you think about it at GameStop, the Toki Retro Collection. Retro Collector, yeah. That that remained exclusive, but Bendy did not, and Gear Club did not. I heard that. I heard a rumor of Toki was going to go. Is it? Maybe not the Retro Collector Edition, but at least the game itself is going to go. It could be. I heard it was. Yeah, everything could come at some point, but I would still like to mention that at the time of its initial release, it was a store exclusive. Maybe. That's, that's cool to know because also if you think about it, I mean, then you can talk about the variant covers, but like, you know, it says only a GameStop on it and the next one will not say that. Or so like in that. the back of the book, we do a store exclusive section because there's not a ton of those. Like, right. So there might be just a cool, hey, just so you know, certain games are exclusive to stores. Here's what we've found mm-hmm. that were exclusive at the time of this publishing. Like, and that would be kind of cool. And that way it's not, like, tied to the actual games and the game reviews and stuff, but it's actually a, a cool nuance that, hey, if you want to get really obsessive about this, you can go deep down the rabbit hole when talking different cool, unique sets that you can create because you can do a store-exclusive set. You can do a limited set. You can do a variant set. You can, right. like, that's where I think it's cool because it's a nuance of different collector perspectives, too. And some people go for certain things. I love variants. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's like, it's going to be interesting to see where we go with it. I mean, yeah. and I think it'll be really cool. The only thing is, though, is that, like, I literally want a something 
to track the games I want to buy without using digital. And it's like, there's really not going to be a way to do that right now. Mm -hmm. But that's why I do my complete NES, complete SNES, my NES oddities for homebrew. It's like, I like having those books. So I know, all right, so what do I, what am I still looking for? And I visualize it. And the pocket guys are perfect for that. But it's like, there won't be a complete switch until it's done. And Mm -hmm. it's a long ways away from what we're seeing. Oh yeah, we've got a years. We're not years anywhere near the end. Not even close. Like the, no. the way things are going, it's going to go on for the foreseeable future. It may go on, especially with the way things are building. It's going to be going on for a long, long, long time. Oh yeah, which is fine by me. I'm enjoying it. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's fine fine by uh, Mrs. JP, but no, you'll, probably. You'll not. tell me from the couch tonight how uh, how everything. <laughs> As I'm playing, Mrs. Uh, JP Yoku's. tweeting from the uh, from the couch. Um, I'm not sleeping. Thank- because it hurts YouTube. my back. In reality, I say I'm looking up uh, Switch releases, but it's just my back hurting from sleeping on the couch. Freaking <laughs> <laughs> classics. But yeah, I would say um, this was an awesome episode. Um, yeah. As always, you can find me over at HagensAlley.com, which you also find the downloadable version of this podcast, as well as where it gets rss feeded to apple Podcasts as well as any other podcast mm-hmm. um, website in the world is and then of course the youtube version is up uh, will be up on youtube that some people are listening to it um i can in the future by the way throw in some like video footage so if people want that like let us know and i can start throwing in like footage because my one goal is is when i get the next version of the Switch is, is I have a ga- El Gato, um, mm-hmm. and I can literally start streaming or at least recording as I play through the games each week, and I can just throw that on the video behind the podcast, like the gameplay. I think that would be a good idea as we're talking about the game to just show yeah. some of it. I mean, because the only thing is is that, you know, editing takes time. So, like, what I like about this podcast is all I'm doing is audio, mixing, and... Mm-hmm. putting her up there and get some music and stuff so it's it's not too intensive because it's right in my wheelhouse and i'm pretty f- pretty good at it but when you start adding in video it takes a long time that's why the right. youtubers like do do youtube channels for a living the serious ones because it, it takes a while right um but i think that in the future it might be a good thing especially if I ever stop working 18 hours a day, it'd be great. <laughs> but that's where I'm at. I'm at all social media, of course. So y'all find me. You see me. <laughs> You're around. Yeah, I'm around. <laughs> what about you? So I'm everywhere also, but uh, if you like reviews, as I always say, reviews, and if you want to know what's coming out each week physically and, and at least supports English, Definitely check out jpswitchmania.com. Every Saturday night, Sunday morning, I put out the weekly release post. You can actually sign up with your email, so you get it sent right to your inbox each each week. If you want to be kept in the daily loop of everything physical Switch-related, then you need to be following me on Twitter. So that's jpswitchmania. I'm there 24-7. I'd be there more if there was more hours in the day. If you like collector editions and you don't want to open them up, I'll do it for you. So check out on YouTube, JP Switchmania, where we primarily focus on opening collector editions of Nintendo Switch games. And no, he's not asking you to send him your no, collector no, editions. No. He has them. I, I've decided to open my own. So it was tough. 
every, even when I'm doing it now, I'm, I'm about 32, 33 episodes in, and I still get that hesitation when I have to, you know, peel back the shrink wrap. But I said, you know what? I made that decision. I'm going to do it because I know people want to see what's inside. And then, of course, check out. Make sure you're listening to this podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. Yeah. Give us a review if you like what you're hearing. Also, give us feedback anywhere that you can find us. Just let us know what you think. What are we not talking about that you want to hear? What are you enjoying? So we make sure to continue doing that. Um, and also, comment on the games that we're playing each week so we can read what your thoughts are. And you can hear your Twitter name horribly pronounced live on air. <laughs> it some brutal It's so true. And, and the thing is, too, is that, like, we literally switched up the format to put the game first because we had some comments of other podcasters, and they're just like, hey, so um, we started, you know, like, it was what, who was on the shelf or one of those guys mm-hmm. who were like, yes, you know, we kind of did things a little bit. We noticed we were getting a little out of control with uh, what's available, what we're getting in, and it's like, well, we enjoy doing that, but let's get to the, so we get to the meat and potatoes of what the episode's about. And right. then we'll continue down the rabbit hole for as long as people want. Like, exactly. And that's the that's the thing. If they want to hear about the games coming out or what we're picking up each week, then tell us and we'll talk about that first. If you want to talk hear about our thoughts on the game first, we'll keep doing that now. I mean this this shows for everybody, so we want to make sure that the content is something that you want to hear because we know there's a lot of different podcasts out there, so we want to be your number one Nintendo Switch one. Oh yeah. And I still so I was I had a plan of editing the podcast and putting, you know, Switch Media Playcast, Nintendo Switch Podcast, or something like mm-hmm. that. And I haven't found a way to edit an Apple Podcast, the actual name of the podcast anymore. Oh, so it's stuck the way it is? I don't know. I can't figure <laughs> out. So if people know, like, let me know, because I, like, I podcastconnect.apple.com, and it's, I see it. I can't edit anything. <laughs> so, but then again, it took me a while to just like figure things out when it came to the actual podcast as well. So super mm-hmm. fun, interesting. Um, yeah, because I'm yeah. on it right now, and it's like there's no way to edit. So I'm like, okay, maybe people know, <laughs> and they're like, oh, hey, dum dum, just click this, and you can do it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, so anyways, uh, thanks everybody for listening to the crazy podcast. We're, we're definitely yes, under you. an hour this week. Oh um, yes, absolutely. We're getting, better. we're getting better. Um, we will see y'all next week when we talk about Yoku's Island Express. That's right. Have a good one.